everybody, it's Miles from Flock of Nerds, and you're listening to the Cartridge Cubs. Wait, no, that's wrong. Is that, what did I say? What is it? You're listening to the Cartridge Cubs. I did it again? Did I do it again? Alright, one last time. Hello, everybody, it is the Cartridge Clubs here. Oh, uh, Hello and thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode of The Cartridge Club. If you are new to the club, I will quickly explain what we are. The Cartridge Club is a community of content creators and gamers of all generations spread across all platforms. We interact on Twitter, play games together online, and chat it up on the forums at www.cartridgeclub.org. This bonus show is going to be all about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and will contain heavy spoilers. You have been warned. Now, let's meet the panel. First up, from Cartridge Club and one of the executive producers of the CC100 and the Sega Top 50 lists, we have the Cartridge Club heir apparent, Ryan Rocket Sauce Gorman. Thanks for being here, Ryan. Thanks for having me back for a fourth time in a row. Is that a record? Yeah. It is. This, is. this show actually is not going to air until the last Wednesday of May, so it won't necessarily be four times in a row for listeners, yeah. but it will seem that way. Okay, well, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, can't wait! To t- can't wait to talk about uh, Breath of the Wild here. Awesome! Uh, so every show is somebody's first show listening. So why don't you tell them where they can find you and uh, what it is that you do? All right, you can find me mostly on Twitter at it's Rocket Sauce. Uh, one word all together at it's Rocket Sauce. Um, I also have a YouTube channel that's pretty dead, but it's uh, I plan to revive it eventually. Uh, the same thing if you just search it's Rocket Sauce, you can find me there and. Uh, you can find me weekly on the CC Hangouts uh, on, on every Tuesday. Excellent. Thanks so much for being here. I know this was actually, the spoiler cast was uh, sort of your idea uh, in the first place, so you uh, were definitely number one on the list to make sure you were here. Thank you. As well, joining us from the CapMax podcast and YouTube channel, we are thrilled to welcome Steven Eider. Thanks for being here, Steven. You've already got it wrong. CapMax podcast. Oh, sorry, the CapMax Hypecast podcast. There it is. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, There's I apologize. There's a toy cast now too. What do you guys think of that show? I know you love being there. Uh, the, every week. The toy cast. Um, I'm uh, unfamiliar. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this that thing where the YouTube just doesn't show people's uh, uploads? Yeah, I don't get notifications anymore for any of my subscribed channels. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Like none. I I haven't had a notification in months, hmm, which is weird because I just assumed everybody stopped putting videos up. No, they're still there. Well, anyways, uh, should the video show up, hi, people. Hi, Stephen. Uh, thank you for being here on this episode of uh, the Courage Club's discussion of Breath of the Wild. See, I'm still doing my own intro thing. Yeah, in the back of my head. I cannot do it now. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have the uh, the Cat Max Gaming YouTube channel. Check that out. It's it's okay. What can I say? Uh, despite the name, it's actually been focusing a lot more on toys than games these days. But if you like toys, I mean, hey. Uh, I found a Sega Pico last night, so maybe I'll do a video on that. That's video games, right? Right? Ah, close enough. Yeah. It's got Sega yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can check that out. I have a podcast as well, the CatMax Hypecast. Uh, best place to find that is the edited audio version on Podomatic because they're free to a certain extent. Mm. And uh, we recorded uh, 
a live version over on the YouTube channel, but then there were issues. So we are very excited to have Steven and Ryan here. However, that's not all. We also managed to score some time with one of the biggest Zelda fanatics in the continental United States, a founding <laughs> member of the Gaming Outsider Facebook community and podcast, Mr. Scott Clark. Hey, Sean. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for being here. I uh, I was really excited to get you on here to talk about Zelda because I know that um, you are sort of a fan. Sort of a fan. Uh, that's like the understatement of a century, yes. I have been in love with Zelda. My, my first Zelda actually was... Uh, my first Zelda that I beat was Link to the Past, and I went back and played, uh, played the original in Zelda 2 afterwards. But man, ever since then, I have been just obsessed. Not, not even necessarily just with the games. I've played all the games, but uh, um, just... There's something about that universe that just really stuck with me and, and the color scheme and everything. And I've become a collector. I've got a huge Zelda shrine in my basement that I've shown you guys before. And uh, yeah. I'm really excited to talk more about Breath of the Wild. It's been it's been a while since I finished it. And uh, I'm uh, just looking forward to talking with it with some, with some fresh faces. So thanks so yeah. much for having me. Yeah, <laughs> just we're... imagine a literal shrine like Breath of the Wild stuff. No joke. It's <laughs> in my basement. It just popped up. <laughs> it's oh, <laughs> yeah! I found this uh, glowing ball and I put it in this indent in my basement. And <laughs> yeah, you you got to solve a puzzle when you walk downstairs, and then uh, oh, a couple boy. switches and everything, and then it just rises from the ground. So I bet it ruined my neighbor's house. Really easy and repetitive. <laughs> yeah. Only only takes about four minutes to complete it, but uh, yeah, and uh, it's pretty awesome. pretty sweet. So <laughs> awesome! Did you have room for the other eight hundred ninety nine of them around your yard? <laughs> no, I did not. No, I did not. So. <laughs> um, for anybody who is wondering, Scott is the single person responsible for the fact that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on Switch outsold numbers of Switches. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Backup of a backup. Yeah. I've, I actually own four copies of Breath of the Wild. I have the uh, the Switch version, the standard Switch version, the standard Wii U version, and then I bought both the Special Edition and the Master Edition for my collection. So, yeah. Awesome. Four copies of, of Breath of the Wild, and that's that's why uh, <laughs> the game sold more copies than there were actual systems out in the wild. So I'm part of the problem, guys. I love it. I love it. I don't that's think that's a problem. Yeah. I'm going to turn things over to Mark, and we're going to see if we have a regular formatted structured show that everybody enjoys, or if we're going to devolve <laughs> into chaos. Well, well it's like this game. It just goes in whatever direction we want to go, right? That's right. You go whichever way you want. Uh, yeah, let's we'll see what happens. Uh, as we've all been saying, uh, we've played Zelda Breath of the Wild. I, I don't want. I, I was about to say this month. This does feel like a, a monthly podcast. Um, but yeah, we were, we all played Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, it was developed, of course, by Nintendo and published by Nintendo. Um, who's this director? Hidemaro Fujibayashi. Fujibayashi. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Actually, it's probably Hidemaro. Hidemaro. Um, what is he known for? Uh, let me just take a quick look here. Oh, lots of Zelda games. Skyward Sword, Phantom Hourglass, Minish Cap. All right, very good. Oh, we did Oracle Seasons and Ages, too. Cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty decent. And, uh, yeah, produced by Ionuma. Uh, I know I should know how to say that by now. Ayonuma. Hey, that's pretty good. Uh, Ryan, would you like to pronounce that for me? Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, composers. I mean, yeah, I don't. Iwata is, but not the Iwata you might think of. Um, I don't know. I'm not gonna say all these. <laughs> Why didn't you bring them just, up then? That's just there for you know. You can look at them and sort of feel. And I copied it right from uh, Wikipedia. Give you some sense of the depth. Yeah. yeah. 
You're right. I, and you know what's funny team. is I went over to Wikipedia out of habit and I was like, oh, it's the same thing. At least <laughs> six people worked on this video game. At hold on, six. hold on. This next point, which <laughs> the series that it's in, <laughs> Legend of Zelda. I could take that one away if you wanted. That's funny. Um, okay, as we do know, uh, this came out on both the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch. I'm kind of curious which version you guys were playing. Um, and, you know, I give us a brief history of your time with Zelda. As we hear from Scott, we already know we love it, but where did it start, you know? Um, but let's start with Ryan. Ryan, what version did you play, and what is your history with Zelda? For this version, I played the Switch version. Um, I originally intended only to buy the Wii U version, but the a Switch kind of like fell in my lap when I was going to pre-order the Wii U version. Oh, nice. So, and I was intending on buying the special edition anyways because I wanted the soundtrack and you know the all the little good fixings that come with the special edition. So I said, you know what? Since I'm buying this already, what's the point of buying the Wii U version? Might as well put down the fifty dollars and pre-order a Switch. So. I went with the Switch version on this uh, this time playing the game. Uh, my, my history with Zelda goes all the way back. I want to say I remember playing the original on the NES and hating it uh, because as whatever six year old me playing in you know a game like this, he had no no idea where to go. And I guess that's the purpose of the game because you can play it any way you want the original one. Uh, but that was a little too challenging for six year old me. Uh, so I really didn't come back to the series until Ocarina of Time. And I absolutely fell in love with that series where, where, like Scott, after playing that, I then one tracked down the first one, beat it, uh, got the second one, then played A Link to the Past. And from then on, my, my love for the series have kind of, you know, kind of grew from then on. So, Awesome. So just out of curiosity, would you say Ocarina is your favorite of them? Or yes, is it maybe? Just... My, no, o- Ocarina is my favorite game still of all time. So, Nice, so... nice. All right, cool. Right on, right on. How about? But uh, Steven, what, what version did you play? And what's your background with Zelda? I played it on its rightful console, the Wii U. <laughs> uh, yeah. History with Zelda, is that the question? Yeah, like, what was your first Zelda experience? Okay, well, before we do that, what was in the um, the collector's edition that we, people have been mentioning? Well, there's two I remember of seeing... them. Okay, yeah. what... what, what... That. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the special edition came with, as somebody mentioned, the soundtrack as well as a case to actually put your Switch in. And uh, it included, I think I said the soundtrack already. And um, the Master Edition actually also came with a collectible coin, which I have not seen yet because I refuse to open it up. It's uh, sitting unopened (laughs) on my my shelf. Uh, It's also got a huge statue of the Master Sword, which... I really yeah. wish I had a second one because I would love to put that on my desk oh, at school or something. Um, it looks pretty take sweet. It no, no. Awesome. That is Can you take the, the sword out of the, uh, out of the, the thing? I don't believe so. I believe it's fit. Oh. It's fixed in there. It's not the. You can't do a pull a King Arthur on it. But uh, yeah, I'm talking about the box. Scott. He means the stand. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it actually can come out of the box, but uh, uh, yeah, it's got that special <laughs> coin in it and the That's statue. That's the hardest seal to break. But you should see mm-hmm. the size of that box for the Master Edition. Uh, it's 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 nuts. It's it's like five times the size of the Wii U box that came in. It's nuts. Wow. Um, and and I actually kind of fell into it because I went to Best Buy for pre-order, and um, I was the only one in line half hour before the pre-order was available that was there for 
that had actually pre-ordered it. Everybody that was in line was there hoping to get a Switch that they just had extra copies or uh, extra units. And I went up to the guy and said, uh, hey, any chance you got any uh, any Master collections? And he's like, you know what? I got one. And I'm like, can I have it? And he's like, <laughs> wrote my name down and said, sure, I'll get it for you. So I got the one copy of the Master Edition that they had in, in store, which I That's could not find online for pre-order, so I was very happy with that. Yeah. I've so. never seen one anywhere. Obviously, they have they were tough to find to even... It? Even yeah, pre-orders. Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I interrupted myself that time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think my first true Zelda experience would have been these. Excuse me. Would have been the uh, Super Nintendo version. I would have played the first two on the NES as well as the first Game Boy one. I like that Game Boy one. Everyone loves Link Awakening. Uh, but I think the one I probably spent the most time with uh, in my early years would have been the, A Link to the Past. Um, never really cared for the N64 back in the day. That was when I was like, man, look at these PC gaming graphics. Man, this is the future. <laughs> Consoles are dead, I said, as I played my five-disc ribbon, blown away by its, <laughs> its state-of-the-art photorealistic graphics. And full motion, nice. well, somewhat full motion video. Um... Then what came out after that? Uh, GameCube? Wind Waker? That's a good one. Uh, Wii ones? Waggle. Gross. Um, actually, the um, we should give a special shout-out to like every handheld Zelda, because I think those were... Until they got to that weird DS stage, but I think like the ones on yeah. uh, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance were all excellent. Minish Cap is seriously one of the one of my favorite handhelds probably after Link's Awakening that game is just so clever and so much fun to play I think mm-hmm. Capcom made that one if I'm not mistaken did they really I believe so I would say it was funny though that uh, you'd have a tiny handheld screen and then they're like what gimmick can we use for this handheld device we'll make everything even smaller yeah <laughs> they're like <laughs> what Link is like four <laughs> pixels now what am I how am I <laughs> new games it's hard <laughs> Um, yeah, no, man, this this new one is Breath of Wild. Hoo-wee! I'm sure we'll get into it, but I mean, come on, guys. Like, this whole... This is, like... <laughs> it's been a while since I've cared about a video game like this. Wow. That's huge. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good history, though. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Scott? How did uh, the, I, uh, the passion start? Well, how much uh, version did you play? I, I played it on Switch. Uh, I, like I said, I bought it on Wii U as well. And uh, just to give you an idea of how cool of a teacher I am, I teach fourth grade down here in, in Illinois. And uh, I have a student that is obsessed with Zelda, but he doesn't have a Wii U or a Switch. And he wears Zelda shirts to school all the time. So I actually got a hold of his mom, and I loaned him my Wii U console and my copy of, of Wii U. So he's actually oh played God. through it now. Uh, I'm the coolest teacher on the planet. That's going to be... You are. I'm just going to say... <laughs> Is that, a, um, is that a single mom or is there a dad there too? Uh, I'm just, I'm just wondering is, the motivation. No, 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 no. She's <laughs> she is she is single, but she's uh she's dating somebody. There was no ulterior motives for that. This is just a really cool kid. He is. Uh, but you already know all this information, don't you? <laughs> well, there was well, something yeah, I mean, up. We, we do have student conferences. You know how that goes. So. Yeah, yeah, teacher, really. parent-teacher conferences. So my history, <laughs> I, I mentioned it a little bit. The first one I actually played was Link to the Past, and that's still to my day my favorite uh, video game of all time. Not only my favorite Zelda game, but favorite game of all time. But the first time I actually experienced Zelda was I was a kid, and I was actually visiting a college for like um, it was like a school trip or something, and I had to stay in a college kid's dorm. And um, he had the Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda. And up to this point, my gaming experience had been 
you know, Atari 2600 and some Nintendo games, but most of those games were very score-based or, you know, um, or sports games or things like that. And I saw him playing Zelda and it had obviously very little direction outside of just going to that cave at the very beginning. And I was just blown away that video games could actually be an adventure. This is what I had always wanted. I mean, you know, I had played Mario before, which is, you know, Mario trying to go rescue a princess, but it was just pretty simple platforming as, as great as those games are. But it, it didn't feel like an adventure. Link was on an adventure. He was out seeking things out and looking for treasure and and uh, trying to find these secret dungeons and everything. And I was just blown away by how awesome it was. And when I finally got to play Legend of Zelda at home, I'm one of those nerds that actually bought graph paper and mapped mm. out each of the That's dungeons. Awesome. And I had I had dude, guys. I was so anal. You have no idea. I used to I used to like number my colored pencils and make charts and everything like that. But <laughs> so I had each one la labeled out on on graph paper, showing where the keys were and showing where the doors were and and what cool. things you had to do in each in each uh, room to op open the keys and where they went to. I had all of them mapped out. If I could still have those, find those somewhere, that would be amazing. But they're that probably like. They're probably in a, in a landfill somewhere now, but that would be really cool. So after that, I, I was just in, especially after Link to the Past. I just could not get enough anymore, and I've been a fan ever since. I, I have not finished all of them, believe it or not. I've not finished mm -hmm. the two Oracle games. Um, I, I do own both of them. Uh, I, whenever I go on a trip somewhere, like a long flight, I always take one of them with me, and I'm on a mission to do it, and then I get on a plane, and I just can't. I can't focus on the game on a plane for too long for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I need to. I need to go through and finish those. But uh, it just it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, Link Between Worlds was was a great homage to Link to oh, the yeah. Past. That was a, a seriously fantastic game. I love that they kind of changed the formula a little bit. Not quite as much as they did with Breath of the Wild, but they did um, there. Was not a big fan of Skyward Sword. And um, yeah, me neither. I, I don't hate man. it. I don't hate it, but man, there was so much dialogue that you could not skip through. It was really annoying. Yeah. It felt like they were making a Zelda game for for uh, for six-year-olds. Like, I've played yeah. all the Zelda games before. Let me skip through some of these. But um, <laughs> and, then we, and then we lead into Breath of the Wild, and man, I know we're going to get into it deep here in a second, but that game is just <laughs> blew my socks off and, it, and gave me the Zelda experience that I've wanted for so many years, and it was well worth the wait. So. But still doesn't take the top spot, eh? It really doesn't. Shockingly, no. It's it's wow. not my favorite game. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has taken that for me. Um, oh, really? I, I yeah, I know. Sacrilege, huge Zelda <laughs> fan. Uh, that's like saying I love Coke, but Pepsi is just a bit better. Well, the thing is, is that <laughs> is. as good as Zelda is, and I know we're going to get into spoilers here soon, but it just does not deliver in the story department like Horizon Zero Dawn did. I just. I, w I sat and stared at the screen with Horizon Zero Dawn with my mouth open and just could not believe that the story that was unfolding and how awesome it was. Plus, I had the gameplay and it had the great graphics. It just was a better package to me than Zelda was, um, even uh, though I did love it. Maybe uh, we're doing the wrong game here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Might have dropped the ball on that one. All right. I know um, Dean likes Horizon. I can't wait to get into it, man. I, mm. That's definitely on my two playlist in yeah. many, many years from now. <laughs> yeah. All right, it, it uh, my favorite game of this generation. No joke, wow. it's wow. it's that good. I'm sold. <laughs> All right, P1, Sean, you're up. I don't believe that there was a Zelda game until there was Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Everything up to that point was preparing us for this moment. <laughs> He's like, oh man, dark. My first Zelda experience was Darksiders on the Xbox 360. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Halo this week. Uh, 
I, uh, I, as you uh, know, Mark, we played uh, the original Legend of Zelda with our parents. That was the one of two games we got when we got our NES. And we got lost in the Lost Woods. Um, our parents had to call the Nintendo hotline to get us through that. So much fun. Um, we played. Then we had uh, Adventures of Link after that. Our mother to this day swears that she beat that game. Um, I still don't think there's any way she possibly did. Uh, <laughs> and then A Link to the Past. They got, I think they got to the end. I remember seeing somebody fight Shadow Link. Yeah, but, I don't uh, know, man. I'm I not behind who. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, and then A Link to the Past, which it's arguably the greatest video game of all time. Um, it's a, a fantastic game. It's not my favorite game. It was my favorite Zelda game up until Breath of the Wild, uh, which has toppled it. Um, Link Between Worlds is fantastic. Uh, I, I have played all of the mainline series Zelda games on the home consoles. I have only played A Link Between Worlds when it comes to the handheld. So I missed Link's Awakening. I missed Minish Cap, or Oracle of Seasons and Ages, uh, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks. I missed all of that. Um, and A Link Between Worlds was so good that I think if I was to go back, it would be to maybe Link's Awakening and Minish Cap, and that might be it. I don't think I would play the others, but I'm not certain. Um, if, after yeah, playing Breath of the Wild, I'm having a hard time playing anything at all. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fair. I've just, I've always been a fan. The, my ringtone used to be the Overworld theme for Link to the Past, and I was walking across the parking lot uh, when Colleen Nerd. and I were in the apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> and was, for anybody who doesn't know right now, Steven's wearing a Christmas sweater done to Zel- in Zelda theme, <laughs> and drinking out of a My Little Pony <laughs> coffee cup. But I'm the That's nerd for having a Zelda ringtone. <laughs> this was a gift, Mister. Are you a brony? I'm pretty sure it was a re-gift, but you know. <laughs> so I was walking across the parking lot at our uh, apartment building, and I started to get a phone call, which means the overall theme kicked in as I was walking across the parking lot, and I had, my hands were full, so I couldn't get uh, my phone out of my pocket. So it played out the whole way across to the door of the building, and people that were outside who saw me, they were looking at me like I was a nerd. Um, but I, but it you was were totally the coolest. walking in time with the beat of the music, weren't you? I sh- of course <laughs> I was. <laughs> but, uh, you were probably the coolest that I would have made them all NPCs and you were the, the main character. <laughs> That's right. That's why they were Very looking insulting. at me. <laughs> the yeah, they I've always moved. They were just dancing on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> always had a soft spot for the franchise. Uh, I was very excited for Breath of the Wild, and I don't... I uh, I. We're going to talk about it here in a second, but I don't know what they could possibly do next that's going to be as good. Okay, okay, hold on. Objection. Were you honestly really that excited at first for this game? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Really? Yeah. To this extent, I was. the Wii U version, right? Just so the Wii U version, yeah, not the Switch version, yeah. I played it on the Wii U as well, yeah. No, I was. Uh, game... I... Really? I've, yeah, because this I've was been... not on my radar at all. It was just another thing coming out from Nintendo. No, the uh, the trailer was... they showed at E3 three years ago with Link coming over the hill and fighting the Guardian. At that time, oh, we didn't know yeah. it was a Guardian. When people were speculating, is Link a boy, is Link a girl? When he jumps and does a slow time with that bow, from that mm-hmm. moment forward, I was I was all in on this game and <laughs> couldn't possibly be happier with the outcome. Okay. That's a solid hey, 7 out of 10 for me. Speaking of uh, the hotline that you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. when, I, when I was playing Link to the Past as a teenager... Um, I remember getting stuck because I had borrowed the game from my buddy Dave and I would get stuck and we didn't have a home telephone at my house. So I couldn't call the Nintendo hotline or anything <laughs> from home. I literally went down to the payphone that was like three blocks away from my house with a quarter in hand and called my buddy to ask him how what to do with the magic mirror because I could not wrap my head around what to do. 
So and That's I used awesome. to awesome. Yeah. He was your pro uh, Nintendo hotline. <laughs> he was, and he didn't, and he didn't charge four ninety nine a minute. So nice. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, cool. Well, I want to hear someone say, "I had to send a letter to Video Narky Adoptant." Oh, I wish. I just couldn't figure <laughs> it out. Wait months to get that response. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for bad. years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that is our history. I played the Wii U version. I guess I should state as well. I do wish to have a Switch someday, but not yet. All right, let's uh, let's just dive into this then. First, we'll talk about the story. I mean, most times Zelda stories are pretty much the same. This one is a little different, a little more uh, in-depth, I guess you could say. Uh, begins with Link waking up in a restoration chamber. That's never happened before. It's kind of cool. Apparently, a hundred years have passed. Uh, Hyrule is a mess. Uh, him and Zelda has have failed Hyrule, and he has to go through all these adventures to, uh, you know, kill Ganon and uh, free Zelda again. That's, that's it. <laughs> Uh, but I want to hear what you guys think about the story, and you could get into more detail if you'd like as you go. Uh, did, did it fulfill you? Did, was there enough story? I'm going to start with you, Scott, because I think you had mentioned something about story, and you can uh, talk a little about bit about the characters too. Yeah, I mean, I thought the setup for this game was great. Coming in with that little bit of mystery about, you know, what, why is he waking up here? What's going on? And uh, and then you start to get a little bit of the history and find out that yes, he and Zelda failed, and 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 uh, Ganon won. 100 years ago and you're, you're trying to repair all that and, and you're slowly getting your memory back and learning some of what happened. That was really cool. After that, um, it was just okay. I mean, yeah. I, let's, let's be honest. It's, it's, I mean, Zelda games aren't always known for their fantastic stories, right? The, the, the reason I went to play Zelda games was I love the atmosphere, I love the setting, and I love the puzzles. Mm -hmm. And it just, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of, um, games that offered melee sword fighting that wasn't just super challenging it wasn't like um, um like a like a platinum game or something like that where you had to do all kinds of button combinations i always liked zelda because it, they weren't difficult in terms of combat but i got to use my brain to solve puzzles so mm -hmm. so it, the story here i mean it, at the end of the day it's just ganon again you know we're just fighting ganon they just call him calamity gammon and and instead of having seven dungeons we've got four divine beasts that we're doing that you got to tackle um i do like the aspect that you don't have to do those four dungeons you can actually go straight to ganon if you want to um yeah. it makes it a lot easier if you do all four so because he he winds up like losing like half his health right at the beginning of the battle but uh yeah, I, I mean, even the ending, I don't know if you want to get into that right away. It, I, I won't get into too much detail yet, but it just, it, you know, you, you beat Ganon and then there's nothing. You know, <laughs> like, remember when you were a kid, like, it was always awesome to beat a game, even on, like, the NES yeah. or SNES. You finish a game and you can't wait to see, like, the ending, like, video or a little story wrap up or something. And there yeah. was nothing there. You just stand there with Zelda and the credits roll. And that was it. I was just, I was expecting to see them rebuilding and, and seeing the cities going yeah. through uh, happier times. I, I, I was in the same boat as you. They didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, what did you think about the characters that you met throughout the game? Was there anybody that stood out to you? Anybody that you liked? Well, it, it was a big surprise to run into Impa because Impa was big in Ocarina of Time. And now she, it's, you know, a hundred years later, um, which actually brings up some questions about the timeline of this game, about when when oh. does this take place? Does this take place before Ocarina of Time and all that? And I know if you guys That's have read the podcast, I know, right? <laughs> if, if you've read Hyrule Historia, 
them trying to shoehorn all of the the timeline of all these games into one is just is just convoluted. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, um, but there are are several little hints like that that kind of give you some clues as to when this game takes place. And and Impa being there kind of tells me that this takes place after Ocarina of Time. I don't know for certain. I haven't looked mm. researched it enough. But uh, what do you guys think? That is a tough one because I know Impa was in uh, Skyward Sword two. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a Skyward um, Sword two. As well. Oh, sorry. Oh, boy. All right. Oh. <laughs> um, Scott teaches English. Yeah. I never thought about it. I thought that... Uh, As well, Pete. <laughs> I thought that uh, this would have been in the Wind Waker uh, or a post-Wind Waker. Um, okay. But it, I don't know. It's it's tough. What do you got? Brian, what do you think where it is in the timeline? Well, the, with the it seems to be there's a few hints when for me basically I think it carries over the, the whole thing where I think it follows if you look at the Hyrule Historia uh, timeline I think it follows the path of Skyward to Ocarina to Twilight and I think it takes place after Twilight. Um, okay. And the reason I think about this, well, you, you mentioned Impa, but Impa's got in she's in multiple games where I think it's just every generation there's just another you know, another version of that person. Like, it's never the True. same Zelda. It's never the same Link. It's probably never the same Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, but just with the clues slightly mentioned, I know, you know, it for sure takes place after Skyward because there's that skeleton that's uh, of that flying, was it whale in Skyward? There's the skeleton. I think, I, I forgot the name, but the name is the same of that uh, god whale that's in the sky from Skyward. Um, Windfish. Yeah. The windfish. Um, is it? Well, the windfish was from Link's Awakening. That was the fish you were trying to wake up inside the egg. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know for sure it take, definitely takes place after Ocarina because I believe um, Urbosa mentions how Ganon at one point in time, because she was embarrassed that he took on the form of her race of people. Right, uh, yes, yes. Uh, so that definitely gives hint because that first takes place in Ocarina when he mm-hmm. takes place as uh, a Gerudo. Um, mm-hmm. Ocarina, I think, is the main split in the timeline. Yeah, um, we're we're with Wind Waker. I think the Hyrule Historia refers to it is if uh, he doesn't come back from after right. Majora, so uh, like he must die or something, or that's what that's why the, right. the they I, have I think the it's the timeline there. that's left when he goes in the future and doesn't come back yeah. in Ocarina. Yeah. And then the yeah. link to the past timeline is when he fails, so if he can't beat him in Ocarina. Um, right. But I, and I, well, there's, I think if there was a mention of Twilight, there's a couple references to Twilight that makes me believe it. Uh, well, I'll just also say because Ganon's form in this game is not of the Gerudo in this version. And uh, sure. Sure. He, he is in Twilight, so it makes me think that just it's, it's just the way I'm thinking. It's just that he, he just didn't reform as a Gerudo this time around. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just think it takes place after Twilight. This is the next stage okay. after Twilight. So they Fair enough. Specifically, Fair they specifically reference Skyward Sword, Ocarina of Time, and Twilight Princess in the first memory when Zelda is knighting Link. She says uh, something along the lines of, uh, now you're going to be the champion, whether um, flying, soaring through the sky, lost in time, or in darkest twilight. She actually says those line, that line. Mm, so good point. it has. To, I would say almost certainly it follows because Skyward Sword is the is the first of all of them. 
Uh, yeah. Ocarina is the point when everything splits. So those yes, two are going yeah. to be, no matter where it is in the timeline, it's going to be, I shouldn't say no right. matter because it's before Ocarina, but I, I, I 100% agree with Ryan that I believe it's Skyward, Ocarina, Twilight, Breath of the Wild. And okay. yeah. hmm. Breath of the Wild is somewhere, like in between Twilight and Breath of the Wild was mm-hmm. the events that led up to where we are now. Like it wasn't, it's not a hundred years after Twilight. I believe it's a thousand years after Twilight. You know what I mean? Right. 2000 right. years after Twilight. It's long. Twilight's Twilight Princess is long in the past. And uh, this takes place after that. You know, we, we, we pick up at the point when he wakes up. It's a hundred years prior to that is when Ganon attacked. Twilight Princess was you know, thousands of years before that. It's the stuff of stories. It's the stuff of legends. You know, it's the King Arthur tale, mm-hmm. the, the the hero of time tale. So, you guys are yeah, messing I mean, with my head. You get, you got to say Twilight Princess instead of just Twilight because I keep I keep thinking of that crappy movie. We are. That's, that's what that actually what we're referring to. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> vampires. There's vampires in that. In Zelda, right? Zelda's <laughs> in love with Link. Link uh, Link is a, a brooding, uh, withdrawn teenage vampire, but she's yeah. also in love with Daruk, the hairy Goron. Yeah, it happens. And Link and Link refers to Zelda as a spider monkey at some point. Yeah, sure. Does she? Is, I don't God, remember that. Awful. I don't remember that memory. I'm just, I'm just shaming, shaming myself here. I'm admitting that I've actually seen that movie. So mm-hmm. don't worry about it. We won't hold it against you. <laughs> yeah, we will. All right, uh, Stephen. What about you? What do you think it is? Well. <laughs> that works. It, it, it doesn't matter. Um, no, it doesn't. What do you think of the story? Eh, what story? It doesn't matter either. This, yep, is a, this is a game of just existing in the land of Hyrule and just seeing a thing and climbing and flying to the thing and like battling random enemies from time to time and gathering and and like paying for a house and then putting your shields up on the wall and. Like, <laughs> like none of that matters. I, I kind of for a second thought it might even be a sequel to Hyrule Warriors, but it's probably not. I don't know. Maybe it's a Who sequel knows? to Smash Brothers for all I know. I it doesn't matter. I'm sure um, that they don't even know when they did it. They just no. <laughs> they only did the uh, Hyrule Historia timeline for the fanboys, but that's like it doesn't matter. Like it's always Nintendo's always just redone the same game over and over again, so the next generation can experience the joy and magic mm-hmm. that the one before experienced. But it. Like, in the end, who cares? Like, just play yeah. the game and have fun. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's it. Well, what did you think about uh, the characters? Or anybody that stood out to you or anything? Uh, anybody hated? Anybody you loved? Mm. Did you cry? Did you laugh? <laughs> you asking me specifically or everyone? Yeah, you. <laughs> me. Um. Mifa's grace is ready. That's all I can think. Oh of. boy! All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, that's enough. <laughs> I don't know. I have to come back to you on that. That's all right. When, uh, ask, when does uh, it say that? When does it say that Mifa's grace is ready? Is that uh, the power that she gives you whenever you it recharges and then you get to uh, use it again? He's, uh, are you trying to say that you never died? Is that? Yeah, there. Oh, uh, look at you! <laughs> look at you! There it is. You gotta, it's the slow <laughs> troll. You got to slow play that troll. <laughs> Been around you too long. <laughs> Yeah, you could have worked workshop that one a bit more. I'm still thinking was, of characters. Did I don't know. Um, they weren't bad. I like the dragons. Okay, go. cool. I have P1's feared dragons. I'm in the minority here, but I really like Sidon, the Zora Prince. I love that character. I thought he was cool. His whole he just was so excited and and was like bordered on dude bro, but he wasn't a douche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like, I would, 
<laughs> yeah, I would play if the DLC story mode DLC is playing as him. You know, trying to <laughs> trying to take trying to fight back and become the champion and do it himself, and then realizing I need help, I need to find a Hylian. I would play as that because I agree, Sidon was great. He was he was enthused. He was every Zelda fan ever. He was like, yeah. "Oh my God, you're Link! I've been looking for you. I'm so excited to meet you. This is great. Let's do this! Yeah!" Like he was <laughs> he was the embodiment of me when this game was coming. <laughs> point. I feel like maybe we didn't know any of them well enough to really have that much of an opinion of them. That's mm -hmm. fair too. Because like we mentioned story before this, and it's like, well, you know, it's a very basic story, hardly, hardly even there really. But like characters, like we know them, we we know their designs, their general impressions we get of them. But I don't feel like we ever really get to know any of them that well. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why we don't spend a lot of time with there. them, and there and there's not a, a ton of dialogue. I mean, every. You know, every time you have an interaction, it's very, very short dialogue. So um, yeah, but I did like the the scene with the Goron um, divine beast, where where you're you're guiding Daruk up this mountain or whatever, and then you actually find the spirit that is that was defeated years ago, and there was a really like almost touching moment where Daruk looks up and actually sees the spirit that the of the guy that he's been idolizing all this time and he just sees him and waves at him and he just gets so excited like hey he actually exists and this is a real thing that was pretty cool sure. um but that's as like deep as the story got at that point and they were and those were very very brief moments that had very little to do with the main the main story um but they but they were they were still rewarding true enough all right how about sean p1 sean how you how about you? And what did you think of the memory system as sort of using it as the storyteller and the fact that you don't have to get them? What did you think about the story overall and the unlocking of it? Uh, I loved it. I So I I do see Scott's point that the story is – that there's not much of a story. But see, to me, I internalized a lot of the story. So Link wakes up in this, this restoration pool and essentially you wake up into the game at the same time. And he goes out and – Everything's familiar to him, you know what I mean? And it's all familiar to me. It's Hyrule. There's Lon Lon Ranch. There's Kakariko Village. You know what I mean? There's Farron Woods. I recognize these places, but they're all a little bit different from what I know. They don't, they're not identical. You know what I mean? Like, that's Lon Lon Ranch, but it's destroyed. You know what I mean? I remember it being a, a vibrant, happy place. That's Farron Woods. That's, but they're all slightly different um, because mm -hmm. of the, the fact that a hundred years have passed and I've, I've failed. So Link is is walking around seeing these places, and Link, the character, is 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 going. I know these places because his memories are gone from him. So he's he knows them. They're vaguely familiar, but but yet they he can't figure out what's why they're so different. So as he is slowly unlocking these memories, you're going through this world entirely by yourself, and there there's very little music in the overworld. Um, little hints of piano and flute and stuff as you're walking around. If you ride a horse for an extended period of time, you do hear the overworld theme sort of kick in a little bit, but it's never loud. It's never horns blazing or blaring. It's, it just sort of fades away after a few seconds. So Link <laughs> finds these memories, and they're memories. Uh, there's, they're not even his memories. They're Zelda's memories. So he's alone. He's completely alone in this world. It's been a hundred years since he was in a in a battle for, for not just his life, but for the life of everybody, for the world itself that he lost, that he failed at. And because of his failure, everybody that he knows and loves is dead. They're gone. They all mm -hmm. went out, the champions, each one of the champions tried to fight on their own. They tried to hold off Ganon, but the champions were unable to do it because their leader fell. 
um, and he fell too soon. Now, whether or not he fell because of Zelda's inability to harness the power of the Triforce of Wisdom fast enough, who knows? The point of the, the point of the matter is Link fell. He had the responsibility to defend them, and he couldn't. So he goes, and he's, he's alone in this world. It's 100 years later. I'm alone playing this game, and he finds these memories, and when you watch the memories, it's vibrant and colorful and there's music and the people are there and he's he's surrounded by his friends again and it's just like it was and then the memory ends and he's standing all alone again in a field surrounded by corpses of guardians surrounded by the dead and he's back to being alone in this world and the crushing sadness that he must have felt from knowing that it's his fault uh, in, in the Hyrule Castle there's a journal that Zelda wrote and in the journal um, in the journal, it says, you know, I asked my guardian why he's so quiet, why he speaks so little. Uh, and mm. his response was, because of the weight of his responsibility, he doesn't know what he could say. What am I going to say other than I have this job that I have to do? And mm -hmm. that's why Link as a silent... I don't refer to him as a silent protagonist in this. I refer to him as a quiet protagonist because he speaks very little. And it's because of the... He also... The, I mean, the, the memories all talk about this this pressure that Zelda feels to be the princess and do what she's supposed to be able to do. But it, it doesn't mention the fact that Link also has this pressure. His father was a knight for the king. He is now there. He's expected that he can hear the voice inside the sword. Well, what if he can't? Because at no point does it actually say that he's able to hear Fee inside the Master Sword, you know? But mm. he's supposed to be able to. And Zelda's depressed and she's down on herself because she can't. she's not getting the power from the shrines that she's supposed to get. And, and Link is there as her silent... He's her, he's her, he's her rock, you know, he's her stoic protector. We don't know. Can he hear the sword? Cause she, she calls him Odin at one point. She's like, it says that when, when the sword chooses you, you can hear it. Have you heard its voice yet? And he never answers. So we don't know if he did. Maybe he's also struggling with the fact that, am I good enough? Because it gets to the point that he's not cause he loses. And then the <laughs> world ends and he wakes up and everybody sacrificed everything just so that he would have a chance to make it right. And for me, that's how I felt playing the game. So I, the story for me was was a redemption story. Um, I didn't talk to any villagers when I went through. I did almost zero side quests because <laughs> my I'm not here to do side quests. I'm, I'm here to make amends. I need to say I need to avenge my friends and I need to make right what I failed to do a hundred years ago. So for me, the the story. I mean, I internalized a lot of it, and like at, at, at no point I don't think Nintendo maybe they didn't intend that, but uh, that's how the story was for me. So <laughs> yeah, I like dark, it. very insightful. Yeah, it is actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with pretty much all that. I I guess the biggest character of the actual game is the world itself, like you were saying. Um, but yeah, Ryan, what are you thinking? Well, well. You know, it's also the game's called Legend of Zelda, and I find you know most of the memories are about Zelda. It's not really so much about Link. I mean, Link is there, uh, so the st they're still are really just telling mostly her story. Basically, it's about how she became who she was most of the time too, at least through the memories. Now, this might be dipping into the mechanics part. The you know the memories feature is I think that you can categorize as part of the gameplay. Um, mm -hmm. Well, sure. the, you know, because you can find the memories in any general order of this game. Um, and I think that's the problem with the story for this game a little bit. Um, and I mean by that is I didn't find them one, two, three, four. You know, I was finding like, here's number two, here's number five. Uh, and then apparently there's the the more if you beat a divine beast, they are also. So the first memory involves Zelda blessing Link. Um, and so the second memory involves when you get eventually you 
you approach the divine beast, I think, right? Or you beat the divine beast, you get a memory. Uh, so when I find, I, the way I played the game is I went out the field, I found all the memories right away, and then I went after the beast. Uh, so my story was all over the place. Um, and if it wasn't for me going back and going over, sliding over and rewatching the whole story in order uh, from the memories, from the settings, from the save feature, um, I probably would have been lost because probably by the time I was at Ganon, this game is long. Uh, I forgot most of the story, so I had to rewatch them all over again, basically, to get refreshed with the story. Um, but it, it really, to me, it was... It, I like the story. Um, yep. It really is just, uh, it's its a little too scattered. You know, I needed, a, I guess, man, I need a little bit more linear story to it as opposed to finding them in a particular order. Okay, fair enough. Well, and and kind of like Sean was saying, how he internalized it for himself a little bit. E- even like when it comes to movies, I'm not a big fan of stories where I have to kind of come up with my own thought process as to what happened. And it sounds like, Sean, that's what you did. You, you know, mm, yeah. it wasn't directly told to you. You kind of had to use your imagination. And I'm not saying I'm against using your imagination, but, um, you know, ambiguous endings usually drive me crazy, even though I loved Inception. Mm-hmm. I love that, like, that whole final shot and everything. But, um, you know, when you have to, like, come up with a story yourself, sometimes that, that bothers me. It, sure, it, it elicits an awesome discussion between people that have all experienced that, but sometimes I just want to be told the story. And in the Zelda game, I want to be told a story. And I felt like it wasn't this time. Uh, do you feel th- this story? I mean, even the story overall is actually very similar to A Link to the Past, where it, I mean, Ganon was sealed away. I guess where you sealed him away is sort of the dark world, anyway. So, do you feel that this? Because you Link to the Past, as you said, was your favorite, right? <sighs> yes. Um, in comparing <clears throat> story, just story, do you feel like you're getting the same amount from this game, or more, or less? Hmm. Man, that's that's a d- tough question because I mean the story, to be honest, wasn't wasn't super in depth in the first one either. It was go to these dungeons, <laughs> and collect these crystals, and and you know yeah. power that's up and saying. then go the go fight Ganon. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, and and again, you're you're kind of putting holes in my argument that uh, Link to the Past <laughs> is the greatest game of all time, and you're making me rethink my life now. I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> all right let's move on before scott blows up um i know my uh-oh. head's gonna explode uh, i mean we pretty much covered the story um well, you're gonna you know i was gonna say i, I would just make one little i guess i think point i think for sean is i yeah. think most video games you know back in the day the you know the old school ones is you had to make those stories up basically for your head basically is you know mm-hmm. that's part of people's enjoyments for a game you know that they give you is just they give you just a little hints but the way you memor it you know memorize it or remember it is completely different you know True. from from how it is. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, I think I think for this game to be truly open world, the way they did the memory system, um, you know, whether you liked or didn't like the the story or um, if it was enough or not enough or if you made up a bunch of it in your own head, <laughs> it's the way they did the memory system was the only way they could have done it to make the game truly open world. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you would have to. It would be locked off. It would be. It's open world, but you gotta go here first. It's open right. world, but you gotta go here first. And they didn't do that. They, when Nintendo, when, when they put this game together, you know, they use the term open air, which I think is a new term. Mm. They did it so that, okay, you're a player, you could go anywhere. So I, I went to the Zora world first, um, the Zora Kingdom first, and yeah. then I did Gerudo, and then um, yeah. Rito, and then uh, Goron. 
because I hated the Goron armor the way it looked. It was terrible. So, but in order to in order to allow me to be able to do that and still have any semblance of a story at all, the only way they could do it was to break these memories up and scatter them around the world. Uh, and that's why you you come across them in different um, different order. But I, I like that I like that we came across them in different order. That we that what you experienced as a game is different from what I experienced. But the game overall itself was so good that you enjoyed your experience and I enjoyed my experience, even though they weren't the same. You know, it's I, don't know, I think the way that they did the memory system was the best way they could have gotten any story across in this and still been open world. Okay, mm-hmm. I agree. All right, let's move on. Let's get into gameplay. Um, I just want to say one thing real quick. That I think it's funny that you're talking about the story now. All everyone has mentioned has been the flashbacks. When you asked me that, I was thinking more about the present of Hyrule and how it's kind of everything's kind of been frozen thanks to the whole Zelda holding back Ganon for a hundred years thing. So when you're thinking story, I'm kind of thinking, well, nothing's really changed at all. <laughs> so everything's very, very stuck in its place. Mm-hmm. Also, I was yeah. going to say he Ganon didn't exactly win. Everything is just stuck, like because they're doing their little uh, their little Hyrule castle. Mm-hmm. Waltz for a hundred years, whatever's going on there. Um, yeah, no, I mean, aside from what modern, well, this, the link we get to take control of, like everything that he gets to do is kind of just kind of there, kind of you know standard. Here's a here's a young Goron kid who needs to impress his dad. Here's a uh, <laughs> here's a young Gerudo girl that needs to impress her guards. I don't know, a lot of impressing. Uh, yeah, and that was all pretty much on par for the course. That's true. Yeah. Did Did anyone think Rivali resembled like Falco from uh, Star Fox oh, a little bit? Thank it you. It was Falco. It was Falco. <laughs> yeah. totally the Falco. character he kind of looked like him a little bit, you know. Oh, he did. Uh, I, I wanted to mention that before we move on from characters because he yeah, even Kong. acts like him and talks like him. His last name Kong. is Falco. It's Rivali Falco. For real? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I did not like the. You know what? I didn't like. I like the Zora village. Um, I didn't mind the Rito because you didn't really talk to them much. I did not like the Gerudo experience at all. I did not like having to dress up like a girl to get into the city. I didn't like any of that. Um, not that I'm against dressing like a woman. I mean, you do. Like I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I didn't. Th- I didn't like the Link had to do it. Also, um, I did not, not my Link. <laughs> I didn't like the young Goron guy. Um, in fact, there was a lot I didn't like anytime I had to <laughs> deal with any anytime I had to interact with people or things, I did not enjoy it as much, except for the Zora experience. I did like the Zora experience. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's just me. Can yeah. we talk about um, the champions before I mean I, I know you're ready to jump into gameplay, but can we talk yeah, about the champions? Too, I don't mind. Place. We're almost an hour in, but I <laughs> <laughs> uh, will be fine. I mean I mean gameplay long... isn't a big deal in Zelda, so go ahead. I was gonna say, how long could the gameplay talk? take <laughs> i just because I, I liked the champions i liked but i didn't like i liked the the champions in the past i didn't like their new replacements other than prince sidon i thought he was good um but yeah. i like Rivali. mifa was my favorite and i believe that mifa and link should have she was the one who if anybody if this tale is a if this story is a, a tale of loss she is the one who lost the most because she was clearly in love with link she made him ceremonial wedding armor she should have yeah. been the one to be with him and there's one memory where Zelda comes down from the uh, the Wisdom Shrine, and they're like, what happened? You know, what happened? She was like, nothing. I didn't get anything. And Mifa steps forward, and you can tell she's nervous, and she's shaking, and she's like, you know, I don't want to be 
too forward, but if I may, you know, when I was learning to harness the power of healing that I have, I found that it often helped if I thought about something that meant a lot to me. And what I would think about is, and then she gets cut off because Ganon attacks. And you know, at that point, she's about to say Link. And I feel like, because I don't feel, I feel like up to that point, she had never verbalized to him her feelings. You know what I mean? She made that armor in in, mm-hmm. in secret. Link didn't know. She yeah. he, she would just randomly measure him up and he'd be like, what are you doing? And she'd like, I'm just measuring. Um, but uh, <laughs> There is a memory was, though. Does, doesn't she say though in one of the memories that I will always protect you or I will always yeah, kill you? Yeah, she does. Yep. She That's does probably say after you uh, do the champion, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, but I, I just she. I don't know. I feel like there was a lot there under the surface. But she was my favorite for sure, um, yep. out of all of the yeah. uh, the champions. No and then Rivali was a solid number two because just he was he was like, oh, so you're the champion? No big deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm a champion too. Can you fly? I can yeah. fly. <laughs> I've got wings. Can you fly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, the Goron guy was pretty generic. He, um, Gerudo Jake also generic. But yeah, those two sort of stood out. I agree entirely. Um, all right, everybody else want to mention anything about characters or story before we get into gameplay? All right. Let's start off with <laughs> talk about well, you want to talk about the king real quick? Just I would how, love like, to, Ryan. Please talk about the king. Sorry. Well, I'm just saying because he's 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 there <laughs> okay, for just a, like, he's just Let's there have for a, a second. Loosey goosey episode where we could talk about whatever we want with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're still, since we're still in characters, I just want to say because <laughs> Uh, that's after you get done talking with him. That's when the game eventually like opens up to the play basically. And true. true. Eventually when you first see him, you don't know him as the king. He's just some guy wearing a hood, basically cutting, cutting down trees. Uh, and eventually after you, um, do what he asked, basically, you know, reveals, you know, his intentions that he was the king and, you know, about Zelda being locked up in the castle. Yeah. But, uh, that's a good uh, point. Like, I feel like I felt like he was going to get more time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like the very end of the game, I don't think you see him again in memories though. You see him, but, but yeah. Did it feel to you, Ryan, like this, this felt almost like it could have been a complete retelling of the first legend of Zelda and he's the old man in the cave. You know what I mean? Instead <laughs> of giving you the sword, the wooden sword, he gives you the ability to use these tools in the glider, but he's the old right. man oh, in the cave. Yeah. And then you go like this, a good it point. felt like a complete retelling. You know, he even sort of <laughs> looks like the old man in the cave. So it's, that's it's dangerous to walk into the room and said, "I'll go ahead, sorry." It's dangerous to go alone. Here, take Magnesis. Exactly, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the spider, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, every, every every Zelda is a retelling of the original. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, respect, <laughs> sneak yeah. in enough Easter eggs to keep the fanboys happy. Yeah, is Wind Waker. Yeah. Speaking of characters, now that we just started the character segment. <laughs> Oh. Uh, I just have one one quick question. Uh, why didn't Zelda age? Like, yeah, was oh. she in a hyperbolic time chamber too while she was Kamehameha in Ganon for a hundred years? <laughs> I well, thought for sure. Impa doesn't get that. She becomes super old. I thought for sure you were going to get to the castle. You were going to fight Ganon. You were going to kill him, and she was going to be a spirit like the other champions, and that it was mm. going to end on a down note. That at the end she was going to be dead, and that the secret ending you get if you unlock all of the memories is that she actually dissipates into the air like a spirit. I so badly wanted that. So mm. on my screen, what I did was I recorded the ending, and then I edited her out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, well, uh, you know, the only thing I could think of that is maybe you're going to follow the Lord of the Rings lore that these are like elf people. And That's the elves can, say. you know, <laughs> that yeah, they can age forever. They live for hundreds, hundreds of years. But Impa aged super hard. She's, uh, she's a sheik, not, a, not yeah, an elf. She's not a Hillian. 
I think it's also but I guess it doesn't matter. Also, why I didn't mind that Epona wasn't in it, but it doesn't show him riding Epona. So I wish I had shown him in the past riding Epona, and then she's dead now, hundred years later. Um, but unfortunately, you just unlock her with Amiibo. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you lose her on a bridge. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. But the horse god must bring her back, right? No. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't know <laughs> how horses worked yet because the game doesn't tell you this sort of thing. And I'm yeah. okay with that. I don't care. As P1 had mentioned earlier, this game is an open-air game. Let's get into the gameplay and figure out what exactly open-air means. We all could have played this a little differently. Um, the game has a lot of interesting mechanics, like weapon durability that a lot of people didn't like. Uh, you have Sheikah abilities through your slate now. You don't have to find bombs. You don't have to kill enemies and try and find bombs anymore. They got rid of that, thank God. Um, but there's other abilities as well. Gliding is a huge one that makes the world a lot uh, more accessible. Uh, and climbing, and then you have your stamina and the shrines. Um, that's pretty much that's the gameplay of Zelda. It's huge. It's giant. You can do whatever way you want. I'm curious how everybody played, what your complaints were, what you liked, what you didn't like in terms of gameplay. Uh, I'm going to start with Scott. Scott, how did you start the game off? Which direction did you go? Um, well, I just want to kind of touch on this open air aspect first, because yeah, to sure. me, this is my favorite aspect of Breath of the Wild. Just the fact that when you're as soon as you finish those initial four shrines to get your Sheikah powers or whatever, you're just given this go wherever you want kind of aspect. And I feel like I haven't had that kind of like that much of like an enlightened sense of this world is huge since playing like maybe Fallout 3. You know, the first time you come out of the cave and you just kind of see how huge this world is. But there's something about with Breath of the Wild that it makes it feel so much bigger than anything else because you can look in the distance and see the tiniest little thing off, off far ways away and you can go there. And that was one of those things that when we, when we saw the original video um, before the E3 announcement and they said something like that in the video, like, hey, you see that tower over there? You can go there. We're all like, ha ha, that's, that's great, man. You know, that's an open <laughs> world game. But there, yeah. it's something about this game that, that you have such a, a, a view in the distance that you can see much further than I, I've ever played in any other open world game. And when they say you can get there, you really can get there. Maybe not right away. You may have to get some more stamina and whatnot. But I just I just love that aspect that you can go anywhere, do anything. And like Sean alluded to earlier, everybody has a little bit of a different experience. There yeah. are three guys on my podcast. Uh, I'll play this at the same time. And we compared notes in the first like couple hours of playing it. Each of us had gone in a completely different direction and had experienced different things. It reminded me so much of those schoolyard moments when you were a kid of of like getting together and talking about the experiences you had in, in an original Zelda and hey did you find this and and draw a little map for your buddy and go here and go there <laughs> you know in the, in the age of the internet you've just kind of got that but I feel like this is the closest experience I've had to that with my friends because oh wait till you get to this section you're gonna find this because this is a game I didn't want to go online and look up anything I just wanted to experience it just yeah. go out and explore and exploring is immensely satisfying this in this game just just go see what's over there and, every, and things that you find are actually satisfying to, to find. You're not just finding more rupees or, 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 or even a heart container, although there is some of that aspect in here. But you can just go explore and see what's over here and see what's over there, and it's a ton of fun. I started out the game, and I went in the direction of Gerudo first. 
which okay. I'm. Oh, really? I, I'm. I know. Which I, I'm. I. I feel like I'm the only one that I've talked to that's done that, because it honestly was a mistake. That first boss. <laughs> was brutal with four <laughs> with like four or five hearts that I had and you wow. had I had to literally go through that boss and not get hit a single time in order to pass it because it was one hit kill on everything and that's wow. not an easy boss so I went that route um let's see what else was left there was the Zora the um Gor Goran I did last and I'm trying to think of the second one what's the, what's the one I'm missing bird one the bird one I did I did Zora second bird third and then the uh, the Goran one last um and there, there's still so much that I didn't explore. I got to Eventide Island one time and just nice. gave up because I had like four hearts because I found it way <laughs> too early. And I, I really want to go back and tackle that and um, mm -hmm. and just, just to see what's there and just to see the interesting ways that they get you to, to uh, get through that area unconventionally because you didn't you have don't have any weapons. You got to kind of use your brain to figure it out. It's almost like a giant dungeon. So. Yeah, that is cool. I, yeah, it's just a little hidden aspect of the game that you may not ever even see. <laughs> totally. What about you guys? Where'd you start? I know, Sean, uh, you already told us, but it's uh, I did. It's funny that you mentioned how you uh, did that Gerudo boss with four hearts or, or, or close to it. That guy is definitely the hardest one that I found as well. Mm -hmm. um, but before I did any Divine Beast, I had the Master Sword before I did any Divine Beast. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I just went nuts. I just went running around looking for shrines. I found the Master Sword. Didn't have enough hearts at the time. <laughs> I had to go back. Um, that, that's how I played the game. And then, then I did Zora, Bird Village Guy, uh, Gerudo, and uh, and the Gorons after that. Um, that, that. That's the order I went. And it's just amazing that we have two completely different experiences. And I'm sure we're about to hear two other ones, too. Which order did you uh, go in, Steven? Uh, went to uh, Zora first, and then Goron second, uh, Gerudo third, and Bird Folk fourth. Oh, you did Bird last. Oh, very yeah. good. How about, uh, they, how about you, They Ryan? might be the one to do first, honestly, though, because of the whole uh, air boost skill they gave you. True. That'd be pretty useful to have when you have the lower stamina. Good point. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you, you, I know you ran around a lot, too, before you started telling the yeah. beasts. I followed the almost the same kind of way of you play how the way you played it, uh, P2. Yeah. Um, where to me it's like granted this is a Zelda game, you can do anything you want, but I still want to play it's like how I played every Zelda game. So I'm not fighting any boss until I get a master sword. So that nice. was my one of my, my main <laughs> concerns. So one of the ways you get a master sword is you have to complete, you know, shrines. And the way to get the master sword is actually number one, you have to find it in the lost woods. And two, you have to have thirteen hearts. So, okay, I, now that I know that, I will track down enough shrines to get me 13 hearts. Right. And so stamina wasn't my first main, you know, goal because uh, there's another way of, you know, keeping your stamina up is cooking food. So I would just find items that I know that can give me a lot of food, cook them, and to give me the additional stamina that I needed. Um, so goal number one was to get the Master Sword, which I accomplished. So then after that... Um, the next thing I kind of wanted to really do to help speed up the game, because I found I didn't enjoy riding the horses in this game. Uh, so what? so what I wanted to do next then was the, the next fastest way to speed around in this game would be to unlock the towers because mm -hmm. you can, you know, travel to these towers a lot faster. You know, you can whatever you just you find on the map where you want to go. Uh, then, you know, select it and you, it warps you to that dozen area. So I found, I can't remember how many exact towers are all over the map, but I wanted to unlock the whole map uh, so then I could then find the memories. 
So, so the <laughs> procedure went from, you know, finding the Master Sword to unlocking all the towers, unlocking all the map, to finding all the shrines and getting all the memories. Um, and then from <laughs> then on, I went on to take on the Divine Beasts. And uh, I, uh, so the way I did it is I did Goron first. And I, I honestly Goron think that first. was the, Yeah, the Goron one first. Uh, ah. It was recommended by the strategy guy that I was using to help me assist through this. Ah. Uh, but, uh... Because I think that she gives the best. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Goran. I meant uh, uh, Zora. Zora. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, f- I found that she had the best divine beast because you have to fight these beasts before you can actually get inside them. Um, mm. And there are, it's kind of like a sub boss before you fight the boss inside. Um, and it almost resembles a little bit of Shadow of the Colossus where you find these giant monsters. Um, but uh, I thought that was the most enjoyable of all of the Divine Beasts, too. Um, so I went, I went Zora first, then I went uh, Gerudo, then I went uh, Bird. I can't remember what the bird is. Rudo, is it? Or Rito. 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 And then eventually Goron last. Um, so that's the way I approach it. Where, and before I, would, um, before I decided, you know, you can fight Ganon right away if you want. But to me, I'm not going to fight Ganon unless I have the Green Tunic, which is not presented to you until you complete all the shrines in this game. Uh, oh, so I didn't even know that. <laughs> so unless you want to yeah. cheat and use Amiibo uh, to get a green, you know, green tunic, uh, <laughs> you have to you can, you can put in a little bit of hard work, you know, and eventually you can get the, the legendary tunic, I believe it's called. Uh, so um, is that what the, so is that is that what your guide told you that you didn't have to cheat oh. with Amiibo? Nope. I was that's, what, say that's what my rule said. That's what my rule said. Uh, but uh, no, I uh, so yeah. So and eventually, I had to have the Hyrule Shield before the Hylian Shield before I would fuck Ganon because I have to resemble Link the way he's always been presented me. You know, to fight I like Ganon. That. I like so that you did that's, that. that's the way I played the game. I love I like not it. having to look like that. <laughs> Peter Pan. That is cool. Looks well, actually, I'm curious to how everybody looked too. So uh, Piwan, would you explain shrines? And, yeah, and then explain how you tackled the game too. So they normally, traditionally, in Zelda games, you gain heart pieces through the world and um, as well in the dungeons when you beat uh, bosses when you beat a dungeon. In this, they mixed it up. In order to gain a heart, you would have to collect four spirit orbs from a shrine. Uh, conversely, you could have. Uh, instead of getting a heart uh, container for that, you could get a stamina container. You can have up to three full stamina rings and up to 30 hearts. Now, there are 120 shrines, which means if you do all, you get a heart for each divine beast, and if you do all of the shrines, you can have either three full stamina rings and 27 hearts, or you can have 30 hearts and two and two fifths stamina rings. <laughs> Drives um, my OCD crazy. So I went with sta- <laughs> uh, me too, me too. So I went with stamina rings. I completed my three stamina rings because I figured if I always had three full stamina rings, that was fine. And then I only ever ate cooked hearty durians, which give you, you four, uh, which give you three uh, temporary hearts. So if that was all I ever ate for food, I would always be at thirty. So it was like I was artificially giving myself the thirty. But the way the shrines work is they're hidden. They they essentially took. Uh, in a traditional Zelda game, you go into a, a dungeon. In that dungeon, you get a weapon. You then have to use that weapon to solve a bunch of puzzles and then fight the boss. Well, in order to break that um, trope, what they did was they separated 
each dungeon for each of your spirit weapons um, into 120 different um, shrines. Awesome. So yeah. there is a combination of ones that require you to use the magnesis. There's a combination of ones that require you to use bombs. There's a combination of ones that require you to use stop time and then the ice blocks you can make. So they are all essentially the miniature puzzles you would face in a dungeon specifically centered around ice blocks, except instead of doing it in one in one, one hour or two hour dungeon, you have now broken them up over the whole world. Some of them are hidden, some of them are in the open. Um, you can teleport to them once you have found them, and they are, for me, a ton of fun. I really, really <laughs> enjoyed them. Um, and I, Ryan is correct. The, the green tunic you get, the breath of the, the, it's the tunic of the wild is one of the coolest armor. It's not the coolest, but it is one of the coolest armor outfits. Um, and it is better than the tunic of twilight, the tunic of wind and the tunic of the hero. Uh, the three sets that I also completed by using my, um, gainfully, uh, correct way oh, so it's of different. scanning. Ami- yeah, it's a different tunic. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I didn't scanning know that. Amiibos. That is not the correct way. The correct way is to keep them sealed in the box on your shelf, <laughs> unopened. Your custom keys. Don't touch them. Don't play them. Only to be looked at. <laughs> Let the dust cool. settle. Yeah, but that's the I feel shrine, like, I feel so. like, like I feel like I'm, I'm turning into my grandma who, like, when I was a kid, I'd go over to her house and her couch would be completely wrapped in plastic because <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't actually touch the couch. That's how I am with my right. Amiibos. That's funny. <laughs> I put a, the Gaming Outsider uh, Facebook group, I put a picture up of my Amiibo case and, you know, it, was a, it got some likes and some comments from people and Josh shared his, and the, but the first comment was from Scott and it was, uh, where are all the cases? <laughs> <laughs> what are what those Amiibos do? doing outside of their original boxes? That is funny. Um, Ryan had mentioned how he doesn't like uh, using the horse. I was the same way. I didn't like using the horse. But to get around this world, there's a lot of different ways you could do it. Uh, gliding and climbing, I think, were probably the two ways I did it most, um, as well as teleporting. Uh, what did you guys think of gliding and climbing? And did you use your, your horses? Uh, Steven, how did you traverse the world? I loved the horses. Uh, until they, until you lose them. No, no, then I feel sad. <laughs> so for the record, I just want to keep alluding to this, but for anyone who doesn't read my tweets, and it's probably a lot of people. Uh, so... To get the actual Apona horse, you have to use the uh, the Smash Brothers Link Amiibo. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was starting to play the game, like I obviously the uh, I wasn't looking through strategy guides or cheating in any way. Um, and I didn't know what was going to happen if I put the Amiibo on any point. I'm like, oh yeah, Amiibos, boop. And then just this horse just drops down. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that's neat. But I already had this horse that I just caught. And I've been loving, and this is my horse, the best horse. And then it's like, well, now there's two horses. What am I supposed to do now? And I was confused, and I didn't know. So I was like, well, uh, this other horse. Hey, it looks like a pony. That's neat. Um, but I'm in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I've got a horse. I'm good. So I just left. And then I saved the game, and I stopped playing. And then I came back. It's like, oh, that was like a special amoeba horse. You can only seem to ever get one time. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe I should oh, go back. you can't get it again? If you scan well, it again? It hasn't dropped for me since. So. Oh, no, it's, it's once per... Now, there is a rumor that you can scan another Smash Bros. Link amiibo and get her from that. But that's okay. only a rumor. I, actually, I have my daughters. I will check that today if that works. I will let you know. You mm. So then hey, you just have to matter. buy that amiibo again. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. That would be awful. That would be so evil. 
<laughs> Actually, what what are the stats on opponent? Does anyone happen to remember offhand? She is uh, four stars across the board with a gentle temperament. <laughs> so gentle. the the blue horse that you got yesterday with the yeah. four strength, four stamina, and five or four speed, four stamina, five strength is is slightly better than her. Do the stats yeah. really make that much? Difference? How do the horses work? Explain how the horses they work, Steve. Explain stables. Explain stats. All that kind of thing. Yeah, well, you'll see horses running around in the wild, and uh, the concept is you sneak behind it or you drop down on it via glider, however you can get to it, and then you, uh, you start riding the horse and it starts bucking, bucking wild rodeo style, and you're supposed to like push out a bunch of times and like calm the horse, and yeah, straight up Calgary style stampede here. And then uh, either the horse kicks you off or the horse just decides, oh, this is fine. And then uh, the horse just uh, <laughs> obeys your commands to an extent. And they're supposed to take this somewhat wild, somewhat tame horse to a, a nearby stable. So hopefully you know where one is nearby. And then the guy's like, hey, that's cool horse. You want to keep that horse? And I'm like, yeah, I want to keep that horse. And I'm like, all right, cool. Where's uh, 20 rupees? Here you go. And it's like, cool. And then uh, you're like, so name that horse. I'm like, okay. That horse is now named Sandwich. It's like, okay, so now, so now Link and Sandwich the Horse are best buds. And uh, nice. the more you ride Sandwich the Horse, uh, the uh, the better uh, it behaves. And uh, each horse has different stats like speed, strength, and stamina, and general temperament. And for me right now, in my breathing of the wilding, like I beat the game. I've got like 100 hours clocked into it or something. We we, we tweeted our, those numbers. I don't mm. remember what it was exactly, yeah. but... Uh, Right now, I've been focusing on finding the bestest horse around. And there's a, a super horse. It's like this giant horse that people have been calling the Ganon horse. I don't know why, because I don't think it's ever mentioned that that is Ganon's horse. It's just a big horse in a mm -hmm. specific area. And to get to that horse, you have to go through this valley where two of the Lionels are just kicking around. Ooh. Uh, but if you have the Lionel masks and just leave them their personal space, you don't have to worry about that. Hmm. Uh, that super horse, by the way, he's not that great. He has no boost powers. You can't do like the hia and then like galloping speed boost. He doesn't have any of that. And oh, he's a dick. He's like zero percent affection out of that super horse, whom my I named Thunder. <laughs> my first horse uh, was a, a Roan, and I named him uh, Artax. And yes, yeah, love I it. loved him. I thought he was great. Right. So there's a, a, right. an area in the in the uh, in the world called uh, it's like abandoned military camp or something. It's a bunch yeah. of towers toppled over, and there's a swamp there. So once I had unlocked Epona, I actually rode Artex there, and the horses won't put themselves in danger, but you can hold in uh, one of the buttons and force him into a situation where he doesn't want to go. And I forced <laughs> Artex into the swamp to watch him die. Oh, you're to recreate. I'm serious. Oh. To recreate. <laughs> to re he couldn't fight the sadness. He gave into the sadness. Never, that's right, stupid horse. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, he gave in. Come on, Artex. What's the matter? What's wrong? Come on, boy. What's the matter? I understand. It's too difficult for you. Archax, you're sinking! Come on, turn around! You 
So I did that. Yeah. Um, so my Artax oh, is gone. But I've got Epona, so I don't need uh, I don't need Artax. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Um, yeah, I didn't like horses. I felt like they just slowed me down. Ironically, um, I guess probably because I climbed a lot of things. I don't know. I love climbing everything, which is something you can do in this game. That's how you can actually go anywhere at any time is because you can climb everything. When I was early, doing early game. Link versus late game Link is completely different experience. Like you're definitely okay, yeah. you're you're grabbing twigs to like smack moblins or whatever. But like yeah. the end of the game, you're just cherry picking whatever weapon you want at whatever point. But beginning of the game, like you need a horse because you have no stamina and you like at some point you don't even have. Well, I guess do you always have a glider by the time you can get horses? I guess you do, right? Yeah, yeah. Glider's yeah. very early on. Yeah. So I guess you want to eat for stamina and then climb up a mountain and hopefully it's not raining and then. Uh, you could glide, but generally, when you have no map and all you have is just paths, then usually the best part there is to just use a horse who, who auto follow paths, which is oh, pretty I convenient. Yeah, I didn't There's, know that. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually with Mark. I was not a big fan of the horses at all in this one. I outside of the the final mission with, where you are uh, fighting Ganon on a horse, I think I got on a horse exactly one time. Yes, yeah, here. That's Rusty. no exaggeration. I just, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel the need. I would, I would rather. I love the gliding mechanic. I love climbing up tall things and heading for an area. It just felt very serene, and um, and, and the controls on the horse just felt kind of annoying to me. So I just, I just stayed away from it. Um, I, I and I felt like I missed out because man, shooting a bow and arrow off of a horse just sounds like a super fun mechanic to play in a Zelda game, and I just never, never did it. So, um, even in that opening trailer where he jumps off the horse. And shoots a yeah. guardian in the in the face. Like that looked awesome. And I could have done that, but I didn't. That, that was my yeah. number one method of attack was the slow motion bow attack. I would ride like mm. I would have two different play styles. There would be days when I would log in and I just wanted to roam and explore. On those days, I'm on Epona and we're just going and we're just exploring and we're having a good time. And and you come across randomly come across Bokoblins uh, accosting people in the street. And I would I would spur her on and she would start galloping towards them. And as I was getting closer and you see the little people screaming for help and the Bokoblins are surrounding them, I would jump off, go into slow motion and I would John Wick each one of those guys. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I get to the point when I could land back on Epona and keep riding away as the person I saved is behind me screaming thank you. Um, nice. Yeah, I love that. That's pretty uh, funny. And then when I was, when it was, okay, I'm on a mission to unlock shrines or to um, go after something specific, then it was the horses are staying in the stable. I'm going to teleport to a tower and I'm going to glide because, like Scott said, yeah. it's it's serene. It's and it's I think it's the fastest way to travel. Um, the teleport mm -hmm. and glide, yeah. especially with three full stamina bars, there was nothing I couldn't climb to the top. Even I even got to the point when because with the maxed out climbers outfit. 
and three stamina bars, I could even climb some things in the rain to to reasonable heights. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, 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 I went completely different it's... than you. I I didn't. I had one stamina, not an entire bar. I actually had one sliver of stamina done at the beginning. And then once I realized that I needed 13 hearts in order to get the master sword, I put everything into into hearts at that point. Once yeah. I got 13, I focused solely on on stamina and built that back up. But there was a there was a trick you could use where you didn't even need a high stamina bar in order to to climb certain faces. Did you guys find that? Is it where you get oh. if you get in this, like a slight angle, you can just like go and run up the hill a little bit? Yeah, because if you're running and then you're building oh, up yeah. the stamina, so you can just kind of keep sure. climb again, and then once you run out of stamina, you just you you stop, and if you time it right with pressing forward, and I think it was B, um, he would just kind of run in place for a couple seconds, and then you can yeah. keep climbing again. It wouldn't work in the rain as much as as well. It was it was really difficult, but uh, I was able to get to some places I I felt like I wasn't supposed to until I had more stamina when I got that. But yeah, hearts were definitely my thing, and that's that's just me in a game anyway. In in RPGs, whenever I have an opportunity to, to increase my health or defense or something, that's always the thing I'm going to do first, no matter what the game is, because I feel like I suck at video games and I need to get, I need to get my defense up to some, some way. So that's, and then when I found I got to get the master sword anyway, it was a no brainer for me. So I didn't even touch that until I got that 13 hearts. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you just mentioned rain. It is probably the thing I hate the most in this game, but, uh, I want to mention one other thing that a lot of people hate in this game. And that's weapon durability. <laughs> We're gonna, let's get into it. <laughs> what did you guys think about it? Ryan, what did you think of weapon durability? Didn't like it. Hated it. Uh, right. And it really, the most disappointing fact is, you know, when you put in all that time to get the Master Sword and it can still break, uh, mm-hmm. that was incredibly yeah. frustrating for the hearing that for the first time. If there was uh, a thing to do, if it was I had to correct, collect all 900, was it Korok seeds to, mm-hmm. to make sure it wouldn't break? I would have done it because that's how much I hated the weapon durability in this game. Same. Uh, I agree with oh, the master the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't mind the weapon durability at all. Um, I was used to it and I was fine with it. Uh, this is a mechanical game that I've gotten used to and I actually enjoyed it because it made me use a bunch of different weapons, but I did not want it for the master sword. I agree with you completely. Um, and now I, I know we're going to get to DLC later, but apparently that is now a thing where you can make it so it doesn't break. So, well, they, well, they the, say power up. So we don't really know what it means yet. Well, the, yeah, the one true, difference true. with the Master Sword is it, it it would run out of energy and and quote unquote break, but it would mm-hmm. recharge. So you you, you yeah. never lost yeah. the Master Sword, mm-hmm. right? So you you did have some benefit to having it uh, as opposed to the other weapons. So yep, I agree. And, and when I got it, I used it exclusively until it broke for eight minutes or whatever. I would wouldn't use it, and then I would use it immediately as soon as I could again. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think I don't think the Master Sword breaks. Either when you're fighting a guardian or or a, it does like a, it does it does because it never yeah. happened for me. But it lights sadly. up for guardians though. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. They're constantly it, they're only supposed to use it when it's lit lit up. Yeah, it it goes from thirty attack to sixty attack when it's around calamity stuff. Um, P one, what do you think of weapon uh, durability? I hated weapon durability because. I get really attached to weapons in games, like really uh, unhealthily attached. Um, so like I found a royal sword and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to use this forever. And it broke. And it was just like, ah, two fights. So then, uh, you know, I found, the you know, a Zora spear and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to use this forever. Ah, and it breaks. Um, I know we're going to ask Scott because Scott already mentioned to us once before and his 
answer is I I agree with it. Uh, I the master sword was more special to me mm-hmm. because all of those other weapons broke. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I I defended the um, weapon durability on my podcast, and because I at the beginning I hated it as well. I was like, man, I just I just got this stick and it's broken, you know. <laughs> and no, I mean it was it was later on than that, obviously, but I, it, it was frustrating at the beginning. But I liken Breath of the Wild to some of those old school RPGs from the NES era, like Dragon Warrior or um, the original Final Fantasy. Like when you get and even though weapon durability wasn't an issue in those games, if you guys remember those games back in the day, those games were hard as balls at the beginning. When you compare them to modern day JRPGs, you think of like modern games like that, like even modern Final Fantasies or, um, man, there hasn't been a ton of JRPGs, Lost Odyssey. Um, those games at the beginning, the opening battles that you have are always a cakewalk, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's there, you, you, you have to really try hard to lose those things because you're just so sure. overpowered at the beginning. But the original Final Fantasies and the original Dragon Warriors, you really had to be careful and use your potions and... and um, you couldn't just attack and attack and attack and win. You really had to strategize at the very beginning of the game. And sure. we don't really get too many games like that outside of games like the Dark Souls series where you really have to be careful. And I feel like I appreciated the weapon durability in Breath of the Wild as much as frustrating as it was at the beginning because it made the end game that much sweeter to me. It made um, getting the Master Sword feel so much more satisfying. Granted, it could break, but it didn't break permanently. Um, and it will make getting that DLC if you're going to pay for it. I still am on the fence as to whether I'm going to or not. Um, I thought if anybody was going to get it, it would be you, Scott. Well, I mean, it would be one thing if they would parse out those two pieces separately because I have no desire to have a hard mode. I, I just, I'm not going to play through the game again on a harder difficulty. That's not, uh, you know, if, if I were 16 years old and had oodles and oodles of time to go through and play through Breath of the Wild a second time, I would. But in the position I'm in now with limited time and... You know, being on a video game podcast where I'm trying to get through as many games as possible, I'm just not going to play through uh, a 50, 60 hour experience a second time, which would probably turn out to be a 70 or 80 hour experience if it's much, much harder. So um, <laughs> in, in that respect, I really grew to appreciate the 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 weapon the weapon breakage. Not that I not that I liked it. It sucked to have have a great weapon that finally broke especially like if you're in the middle of like one of those um guardian battles in a shrine where like i got all these weapons i got this awesome guardian weapon and i'm fighting a guardian with it and it breaks and i'm left with a couple twigs and uh, and and a lightning sword that has like a 15 damage or something um so you know it is frustrating but it 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 made me go into battles with a little bit of strategy as opposed to just in previous zelda games just going in with whatever i had and nothing was ever going to break and i you know it made those games easy and as much as I liked how the combat worked in previous Zelda games in terms of I never felt super challenged. I, I did die on occasion, but but not that often, not as often as I did in Breath of the Wild. So I kind of like going into even just minor battles and, and kind of having to gird my loins a little bit and, and go in prepared a little bit because that's mm-hmm. that's how something would work. So I do understand the frustration with weapons breaking and having to kind of manage that. But I grew to appreciate it and grew to to um enjoy it because i i would stack up weapons and 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 i had to kind of cycle through which ones i wanted to keep and which ones i was going to lose and um and and it made completing a boss or completing a shrine with one of those difficult guardians or a guardian itself just super satisfying because that's true i didn't just go in and just do what i did in previous zelda games and just 
you know, eventually get enough hits in, I actually had to prepare and strategize and it made that, that, uh, um, completion that much more satisfying for me. Yep. The fourth I, shrine uh, that I did agree. was a trial of major strength. It took <laughs> me fourth? an hour and a half. <laughs> and at the end, I literally had no weapons, and I was throwing bombs at this thing. <laughs> I remember doing was, that, too. Bombs. It was crazy. And you're right. Yeah, it did feel. Afterwards, when I got the weapons from him, I was like, I've hit the mother load. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they broke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also I, think... I like and it. I don't play the Dark Souls games I, because, like I said earlier, I suck at video games. And but the two bosses that I did beat in Bloodborne felt awesome when you did that. And I, and yeah. I feel like as many times as the experience I had that in Breath of the Wild, I kind of get Bloodborne and Dark Souls yeah. for that same reason because if that's what that whole game is, I get it now. I'm not gonna do it, but I get it. So it's like fighting a Lionel. The first time you fight a Lionel, that's every fight in Dark Souls. Oh, I don't fight. Mm. I don't fight Lionels. I, I... <laughs> uh, I, I the, one thing about the weapon durability, I will say also as a positive, is it made me try other weapons. I never would have used a two-handed sword. I never would have used a hammer. I never would have used a, a twig. I would have found, you know, a soldier sword, and then I would have got a knight sword, and then I would have got a royal sword, and then I would have used the master sword, and that would have been it. And I would never have experienced those other weapons. I would have never had to develop fighting styles that makes use of because it's not the same. You can't just, you know, you, you get a, a sword, you can just sort of mash your attack button, and you're good to go. But if you get a hammer, you got to start timing your attacks. You start thinking things. Um... For me, it was bows all the way. They were my number one form of attack in every situation. Uh, if you right now, if I turn the game on, I have a hundred of each type of arrow, and uh, like I rock the bow. I am all about that, which is weird. It's a Zelda, so I'm I'm super stoked to play Horizon Zero Dawn because I hear bows are pretty heavily uh, featured in that as well. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's your only weapon, really. I mean, that's <laughs> well, awesome. not your only weapon, but it's it's your primary weapon. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited um, for that. So on the same idea of weapon durability, sometimes I would pick up a weapon and it would say increase durability or increase something. Is there a way to modify your weapons? Can you take it somewhere and get those things added on? And I just didn't know about it. Not that I found. I know okay. that you, the the one scientist uh, girl, I can't remember her name now, um, up, at, up in the right. observatory tower. She would upgrade your Sheikah powers. But yes. Uh, yes. I always kind of waited for something to happen uh, to upgrade that. Wait, wasn't there a, another guy? Um, no, uh, he, uh, he he allowed you to build guardian weapons, ancient weapons. That's what it was. Um, That's you what it was. build ancient uh, swords, great swords, axes, spears, halberds, uh, a bow, and the ancient armor, which mm-hmm. is the highest armor when facing guardians. But it, those makes, you, it makes you look like a guardian. Those weapons do break, uh, but Dang. you can remake them. So every time you kill... You can one-shot a guardian with uh, an ancient arrow if you're using any bow. Uh, the ancient arrow will one-shot him. And then they give more supplies than it takes to make the arrow itself. So you can essentially farm guardians for these supplies and do uh, make, make all of that gear quite easily. Which comes really in handy, I think, to upgrade the champion's tunic? Maybe not. There was one tunic that required, uh, or one armor set that required gears and ancient gears and ancient springs to upgrade. And that made that really easy. But it might it might have been the ancient armor set now that I think about it. Did you guys know you can ride a guardian? No. Yeah. No, I did not. 
I have not done it, but I saw a video on YouTube or something that you can. There's a there's a trick to be no, able to mount. No, that's an April Fool's joke. That was an April Fool's joke. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. I, I read about that on IGN. Some guy mocked up a video of himself riding a guardian, and I guess <laughs> not not a thing. Don't try. Oh, all right, don't, <laughs> don't, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. You can persuade them into certain directions, though, right? I did see a video yes. where a stone talus fought a guardian. Me too. That was yeah, awesome. Cool. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, can you put octo balloons on them and make them fly away too? <laughs> I, I don't know. That'd be cool though. Yeah. Um, Stephen, what did you think about the weapon durability? I was fine with it. It's it's great for people with OCD because you're always no, not that one. Uh, ADD. Yeah, you're always like, <laughs> okay, that's a fun weapon, OCD. and now it broke, and now I threw it, and now oh, look at this other thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, there's a there's a a wooden sword. I'm gonna use that. Oh, it works as a torch too. Sweet. Oh, look at that spear. That's a neat spear. Oh, it's, <laughs> Always keeps you entertained. Hmm. I was Ooh, really, um, yeah. One thing that I was really um, taken back by is that uh, I didn't know until just recently. But each so each weapon has like you know the uh, the power up attack. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that each different type of weapon had a different type of power up attack. Because I always just thought of like you know Link's basic sword and just like the three sixty slash, and I always just yeah. assumed that was what each one did. But each one has a separate thing. I didn't even like, know that. Oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. One thing I just want to point out for anyone listening real quick is that if you haven't figured it out by now, the, one of the best things about this game is that, like we've all said, each each person will have their own experience and each person will have, like some will prefer horses, some will prefer flying, some will prefer warping. And it's really just fun to uh, see how each person uh, goes about their adventures in Hyrule. Yeah, it is unique for for every person. That's, that's the beauty of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um did anybody have any preferred weapons types? Like uh, Ryan, what about you? Boomerangs. Boomerangs really? are so much, so much fun in this game. I love uh, the boomerangs. Don't you have to? Like, you boomerangs. have to catch that with a button, don't you? Yeah. Oh, and once you learn how to do it, it's so much fun. Like especially cool. going against, like you know, ripping a, you just rip apart those uh, guardians in the shrines after you do that. It's like once oh. I figured that whole thing out, it was amazing. Just love because like you do it, and then eventually. You know, just because you can stop them in their attacks from when they do the laser attack. It it, wow. it really destroys the Guardians, basically. And, I mean, it's, you know, it sucks you can lose them, but, like, or, like, you know, you have to kind of almost plan it to, to like, make sure it's not going to hit a wall or a pillar yeah. on the way back fighting them. Yeah. But, because um, if you hold, you know, R, I believe it's the the top shoulder button, so R1, uh, or okay. whatever Nintendo's it's calling R, it, just R. R yeah, um, yeah, he holds it up. Because you can do it, you can do it with any of the weapons, basically. Like, so if you have a spear, you know, Link will throw a spear at me, which was right. a lot of fun. Like, I've done it riding a horse, throwing a spear at uh, Bokoblins or something. I thought it was a lot of fun when they're charging cool. at you on their horses, just taking them right <laughs> yeah. off with that. Uh, cool. Ryan's over here playing so the Legend love... of Zulu. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun! It's uh, three hundred on a horse. <laughs> That in a, in the but the boomerang. I just I don't know. It was it was great. I loved it. And uh, I know you could do it with the swords too. You could throw your swords, or that's how you charge up the beam if you have full hearts with the master sword. But that was probably my favorite like weapon mechanic in the whole game. I loved like taking out. I think the what are they the lazavos, the ones that they always have them. Uh, I think the lizard guys. I think that's what they're yep. called, right? I never tried to pronounce it. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, that was uh, that was my favorite weapon in the whole game, gameplay-wise, mechanic. The, the okay, whole throwing cool. weapons, I should say, maybe spear, you know, spear throwing and boomerangs. I never thought anybody would say that. I'm blown away. I I had a 
um, boomerang once, used it like a melee weapon, and then I never yeah. used it again. <laughs> I love um, that you, you opened yeah. that with Ryan. I, I, like it was like anybody have a favorite weapon type, Ryan, and Ryan was like, "Here's the most unorth- unorthodox weapon type there is." <laughs> yeah. Well, how about you, Sean? What are Bows. I said bows. I'll say it again if you want. Oh, yeah, I'll talk, you I'll love talk about them all day. I'm the John Wick of Man, Hyrule. No joke. So, with your Korok seeds, did you expand your bows instead yeah. of weapons? Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. You don't need, you know what? You don't need swords uh, and you don't have to worry about armor or hearts if they can never get to you. Oh, my with three maxed out stamina rings, because that when you yeah. when you go to the slow time, it uses your stamina to determine how long yeah. you're up there. I can stay in the air for two and a half mm. minutes. Mm. Holy <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> like well, I have time to is, pick is, off. How did you how did you farm arrows then? Because I always found arrows to be expensive at shops, and yeah. I could not just I very rarely found them. So how did you get those up to ninety nines all the time? I, think I just I know buy them. I te- from Terrytown to Gerudo because they sell them in bundles. I, I fly to Terrytown, which is the town. Yeah, but where'd you, you get your rupees? Oh, That's what he uh, bowling. I go bowling. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about it. Wait, uh, bowling? Taxes, yeah. yeah. So Hebra Tower, which is uh, in the north east, north northeast, um, it's uh, it's in the snow area. If you warp to Hebra Tower and step to the edge and look straight down, you'll see a little cabin. If you jump off of there and glide to the cabin, you'll find a, a guy who's got a, a bowling alley with these nine uh, wooden tat totem bowling pins down at the bottom of a hill, pins. and he has giant snowballs. Um, and you throw the snowball down the hill, and you, you get 300 rupees for a strike. Uh, well, if you line yourself up with uh, the guy and the, 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 the number one pin, and you line up in, directly in between them at the edge of the, the hill... You'll find that you're standing in a little bit of a groove, a little bit of a valley, and you throw strikes all day long. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, I farm. That's I my I maxed out my compendium because you can buy the entries for the compendium. Uh, I always had maxed out armor. I bought every armor set as soon as I got to a town. I because I, I lo- unlocked all the towers really. Uh, I did the Zora, and then I did all the towers, and then I started doing shrines. But once I, as soon as I found him, I always had a ton of cash. And you're making me want to fire this game back up now. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Like, you're rolling in it, you know, running, making it rain. My wife, initially, oh, she's never played a Zelda game before. She saw me bowling, and she was like, that looks like a lot of fun. Can I try? And I was like, sure. So she's bowling. I go to work one day. Um, she stayed home. She was off. I can't remember why. So I left here at 6.30 in the morning. She had gotten up with the dogs and had started bowling. She said, I'm going to farm for you. I'll get a bunch of money so when you come home, you can buy out the whole compendium. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I go to work. At 9 o'clock, I get a phone call at work, and it's her. And she says, um, I got a honeypot. I'm like, What's a, what, do you, what do you mean you got a honeypot? She's like, I got, I got one of those honeypots. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, are you bowling? She said, no, the, I, I got bored of bowling, so I stopped when I hit 30,000 rupees, and now I'm walking around exploring, and I found a honeypot. I said, baby, I don't know what a honeypot is. She was like, you know, those little leaf people with the feather, with the leaves. And I was like, Koroks? You got a Korok seed? She goes, yeah, a honeypot. And I was like, I was like, why are you calling it a honeypot? She was like, when you find them, that's what he says, honeypot. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay. I came home. I got home at 4 o'clock that day. Oh, I forgot about Korok seed. She was still playing the game. She has never played a Zelda game before. She played for nine hours. And she, when I got home, she was wearing uh, the... Zora pants with the Sheikah tunic and the Hylian hat headpiece, and she had I had I had the Master Sword and a Royal Bow 
and uh, sorry, a, a royal uh, sword and the ancient bow. And she's using like a, a, a twig bow. She had a, a, a Lizolfo spear with like the bone end. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> she was like, well, I didn't want to break your weapons and have you be mad at me. So I got my own. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, the, the bowling. Awesome. We, uh, we, we, but we kill it at bowling anytime you need cat. I wish real life, I wish in real life I could just go somewhere and bowl. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, um, it, it it really opens up all of the shops and everything, and it makes the game really. I don't know if it breaks it, but it makes it a lot easier. I can't I believe how much that. we still have to cover. Like, there's just so much. This game, it's so big. Um, so very quickly, Scott, what was your favorite weapon of choice type? Uh, it was always swords, and I, man, I I didn't I didn't really have a favorite that I stuck with. I just used whatever I had. Um, but yeah. the the ones I always liked were the the guardian weapons. Those guardian swords just looked cool, <laughs> and so cool. that just bright blue just looked looked awesome. The the real heavy ones were sweet, but I, I liked the the long sword that was a guardian weapon. That I just it just seemed to work the best. So, me too. And a guardian shield, like it was such a cool looking combo. Mm-hmm. It really yeah, was. Same here. Especially when you, when you put them away, when you sheathe a guardian sword and yeah. a guardian shield, you can see like your whole armor set. You know what I mean? Because they, 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 like they, they're like they're like laser shields from Fantasy Star and like a lightsaber from mm. from uh, Star Wars. You know, and they, yeah. they they shrink down into these this little circle for your shield and a little handle for the sword. Yeah, they are they are very very cool items. Very cool. Uh, Stephen, your favorite? Uh, well, bringing back your uh, reference to Dark Souls, I've been trying to use more one handed swords so I can also have the shield in. Do the whole nice. sword and shield, mm-hmm. uh, which is useful if you're trying to fight Lynels. Because uh, sometimes, yeah, you'll need to, <laughs> you'll need to oh, block yeah. a few things. <laughs> a few things, yeah. I know a few people will prefer to do more dodging than blocking, but it's good to have uh, like one that becomes the other. Mm-hmm. So one way or the other, you're probably not going to be dead in two hits. <laughs> those lionels cheat, by the way. I did not, when I first fought them, I didn't know that their overhead arrow attack was more like a magic spell than actual arrows. Yeah, me too. Because they were hitting me like through, like I'd be, I'd have cover overhead, and the arrows would still hit me. Like, what, what yeah. is this? I didn't like yeah. that either. <laughs> uh, Ryan, were you gonna say something? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, what's it called? Did anyone do the bayonetta witch time attack with Link by chance? Or was anyone anyone no. get good at that? Where I'm you know, if, good at you know that. If, you, if you dodge in time, it does the slowdown. Where you oh, can't get yeah, yeah. Or fury. Yeah, 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 I could never get that thing down at all. Yeah. I did it all the time, especially on the uh, trials with the Guardians. I wasn't for that. I don't know how I could have done it. Yeah, <laughs> like with Lionels, like, uh, it definitely helps to uh, have that. Yeah, like Scott, mm-hmm. I'm also not very good at games, so any advantage I can have, and me moving at three times the speed of the enemy is a definite advantage I needed, which is probably why <laughs> I use the bows so much because everybody else is essentially stopped while I get to you know <laughs> aim at them. <laughs> good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. I was just mentioning the. The deflecting with the shield is also That's exactly cool. what I was going to get to next. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Especially uh, against the Guardians. I, I don't know if anyone ever did that, where you can re- reflect that laser right back at them and just completely break them. That was so much fun. I uh, never did it until the last fight of the game. And I, uh, Do you have to do it there? Because no. I was beating my head against the wall until I realized no. I could do that. It just helps. <laughs> it just makes the game a little bit easier. if you can get How the time do you done. kill Calamity Ganon without reflecting that? He does I, drop so, his... His shield every now and then when he drops from the from the wall. I didn't you know can, that. Yeah. You can reflect. You can you can dodge at the last second and get the flurry. You can okay. use uh, the lightning from the Gerudo champion 
which drops his shield. Um, oh, you can? How do you do that? You just do, you charge up your sword to do a circle attack, and the lightning hits him, and it, it shocks him, and he drops his shield. Dang it. It's, never did the that. Game is, it's I didn't like, know that. I, I've never played a game before where there's seven different ways to beat a boss. You know what I mean? Like, Me mm-hmm. He's the final boss of the game, and you could do a hundred different things. I mean, until the end, when they're like, shoot the glowing spots. Like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got it. Yeah. Our oh, random horse has already killed itself. Those spirits yeah. in the Divine Beast talked way too much. It was exactly what I didn't want to have in this game. They're directing you step by step. Uh, I found that annoying. Um, anytime anybody spoke was the most annoying part of the game. Um, okay. We have so much to get through. Do we want to talk about the Sheikah Slate abilities? Um Instead of getting a hookshot in a dungeon, they give you these abilities at the start of the game, essentially. You don't go to a dungeon, you get something. You already have all of the abilities. That's why you can go anywhere. Um, so if you're looking for a classic Zelda experience where you go to a dungeon, you open up a chest and you get something, that's not here. Um, so I guess that I think kind of covers it. I think it was just a little too much with the two bombs. I, I'm saying, like, I think that I really yeah. had a hookshot as opposed to two different kinds of bombs. One where a, yeah. a rolly bomb and a, a square bomb, you know, uh, yeah, but, I feel like a hookshot could have been good in a game like this, too. Uh, I was surprised that they didn't do that. I, I did like the stasis. I thought that was neat, a neat, a neat addition to it. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever use yeah. the stasis on the enemies? Yep, yep. The upgraded one I did, yeah. Yeah, I never I never did, but I was wondering, like, what kind of advantage, like, how good is it? When you when you hit them a bunch, if they're not long. dead, do they shoot off into the distance? No, no. Oh. I wish. <laughs> that would be cool. Um yeah. I'm just curious, Farron, you'd probably know better than anyone, but can the boomerangs still be used to retrieve items from far away? Ooh. I didn't try that. I only used them in weapon, as weapons. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, because like, that's what they were always useful for in the old days. And, no, yeah, I'm going to sure fire, up the, old, with fire up the old Switch again now to try out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Anyway, yeah, so I like that they use the slate abilities instead of opening so that's why you can go anywhere uh korok seeds you find these i like or... i just want to say just with the slate abilities i like that yeah, we go got ahead. them all at the beginning that it was mm-hmm. yeah here's too, everything you need because like i said mm-hmm. they the term open air there's a lot of open world games um red dead redemption sure. grand theft auto there's a lot of them but they're all fake open world it's yeah, you can go anywhere, but first you have to do this. Yeah, you can go across that mountain range, but you can't. It's all blocked. Like Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yes, it's open world, but you need to advance the story this far along before you can drive that part. This mm, game, yeah. remo- it's the first. And I, Some people did mention that Grand Theft Auto V is similar to this, so I, I can't speak to that because I haven't played it. Um, mm-hmm. But this, to me, is the first game that was truly open world. You could truly go anywhere at any time, in any order. And the only way, again, as the memories was the only way to tell a story in that method, the only way to make that possible in this was to give us all of our, our Sheikah Slate abilities in that first starting zone. Agreed. Um, there are 900 Korok seeds in this game. Korok seeds are, are randomly hidden throughout the world. Um, almost impossible to find them all, I would say. Um, you mean honeypots? Yeah, about <laughs> 900 honeypots. Yeah. Um I love them. I love the concept. You you find these seeds to expand your inventory, which I also love. Um, I would never collect all 900. Is there yeah. a reward to, to collecting all 900? Do you get anything? Yeah, it's uh, you get a, a small piece of Korok poop. <laughs> is it gold? Nope. nope. I'm <laughs> not kidding. You, you literally, it's, it's literally a small... You get Korok it, poop. Yeah, you get core poop, and it actually says the, the tagline for it is something about it smells bad or this stinks or something like that. 
No it's, it's, way. I'm, I'm not kidding. The the reward that for collecting all 900 Korok seeds. Yeah. I, to me, the Korok seeds are Nintendo's. Um, well, they're probably common, mad you found them all. <laughs> they're, it's their commentary we tried really on, hard uh, to hide. on uh, achievements and trophies in games. I feel because a lot of a lot of they take a lot of heat for not having those, and I feel sort of like achievements and trophies are an artificial way to extend a game's life, to extend the replayability of a game. Most Nintendo games don't have them because they don't need them. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of their games, if there's replayability, it's because the game has earned it. Not because well, I have we had to... somebody here uh, who collected achievements and that uh, could give us their insight on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no there's no achievements in uh, on Nintendo platforms, so right. So, do you think that this is uh, does this make up for that? The Korok seeds? N- no, no. <laughs> I, and 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 seriously, nine hundred. I when I first heard that number, I thought it was a joke. I was like, Me there's too. no way. There's there's no way. There's nine hundred. This world is huge, but it's not that huge. And it's 100 percent true. Uh, one of uh, our listeners, Troy Heinrichs, is actually doing all of them. Like he's going, you know how each of the, the map is kind of sectioned off. Um, yep. He's using a guide. He's using the the um, yeah, uh, the strategy, the, the real fancy strategy guide that that shows where they all are, and uh, going through each section and just carving it up. Yeah, he's got it right there. Um, I, and that that does not sound like a lot of fun to me, which is weird <laughs> because I did that in. Um, Assassin's Creed 4. I went through and got every little treasure chest or whatever. But that game does it in a way where you, you don't have to reference a book. You just go to it. And sailing was so much fun in that game for me. And 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 how it would like kind of chunk off a section of the map was is like a satisfying OCD thing for me. Like once you got one area done, it just kind of disappears or, or lights up or whatever. Cool. Zelda doesn't do that outside of finding the towers, which is one of the first things I did. Kind of like, um, is it Ryan? Ryan? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Ryan, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, like you, um, I just wanted to do that first, just to get the whole map open up at one time. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have that satisfaction from from Korok seeds in this one, and I don't know. Maybe when I'm, maybe when I'm old and don't have any more games to play, or my thumbs don't work for whatever <laughs> newfangled games are going to be out in 2050, um, and I got to go back to my old school Switch and and fire something up. I'll go back into the Korok seeds, but right now, no, I just don't want yeah. to. Same here. I'm in the same boat. Um, Colleen and I switched to Nier Automata. We beat Zelda. I was, I was like, okay, let's play a new game. Let's play a game together because we're in, sort of getting into this stage where we play games together, single-player games together. So we grabbed Nier because she loves Bayonetta and I love Platinum and sexy robots. So Ew. we started playing it, and it, we played four days of Nier, and she said, uh, go to EB Games and buy me the guide. I'm getting the Korok seats. <laughs> and, and she is in the pro like she has the map it, it, we got it for her for her birthday she was like is it okay if i mark on this map with a pen and i was like well it's not i mean it's not i'm not okay with it but it's your map so if you want to do oh, it go ahead she was like here, all right so i'm gonna mark off the ones that i get and then like oh. there's actual like she's, she's marking oh, on it with pen. and then she's coming over and she's like look at how good i'm doing and i'm like don't don't show don't show me <laughs> you buy her the you should have bought her those little sticky note tabs, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. just stuck those on each one. Yeah, oh, she's, she's going through with the map, much like the, the other fella is there, and uh, she's getting them all, and she loves it. She still loves, and she still calls them honeypots. Um, but she loves it. And they're they're neat little puzzles. I, I, there's no way I'm ever going to collect 900 of these things, but they're neat puzzles. Like, you could be walking around the world, and you see a, a circle yeah. of stones in the ground, and then one gap, and it's like, you could just ignore it. Which is what sane people do, or you could be like, "Well, why? That should be a circle. There's just a, a, a rock missing. Let me see if I can find that rock around here, very quick." 
Um, but there's all kinds of different ways that the, the Koroks are hidden, whether it's uh, trying to throw a stone or a boulder into a, like a, a little divot in the ground, or whether it's shooting balloons in the sky, chasing a yellow flower. There's so many different ways, but there is there's no... 900 is ridiculous. And you only need 450 to max out your inventory slots of all what? three. What do you do with the other? It's, it's Nintendo trolling us and saying, you want collectibles oh, and you notice. want trophies? Here you go, collect all these. And we'll give you a prize at the end. And the prize they give us is is a poop. Here's your poop. <laughs> You're supposed to have even, fun. <laughs> even how many C's did you get? I don't know. A whole bunch. And more than 50? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm yeah. all over the place in that game. Wow. I'm zigzagging. I'm just doing whatever, whenever. I got like, bar. I don't know, 46, I think. Something like that. How about you, uh, Ryan? Really? That's it. I, mean, you I, get I think about I think about thirty, and then as I yeah. said, I'm done with this. I just even if I see like a little tree stump that I know that's like one coming, I was like, no, I'll just, I'll just avoid it. I don't care. Yeah, I got I one really high up in my rule, and I was like, yeah, I don't get it. How many did you end up with, Scott? In the end, I'm the same as Ryan, about thirty or so. I just I I would get them when I stumbled across them, but then I would find ones that were stupid timed. Like quests to do where you gotta like fly through rings of oh, something, right. yeah. And if you miss it, you gotta climb all the way back up. And I'm like, I am not doing that. I hate, <laughs> yeah. I hate a clock on my screen so much. And I'm just like, there's no way I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get all of them anyway. So for the listeners, Scott just made the best face that we've ever had on this show. <laughs> it was, it you could, I could feel his frustration. <laughs> I picture most of our listeners. <laughs> all right, so um. I mean, I think we can safely move on to sound now. Is there anything else gameplay related anybody wants to throw in here? Oh, I think we covered it pretty missing. well. Somehow we, we covered it, I think. We barely uh, mentioned more we're missing, but it's because none of us have experienced it probably yet. You know. True enough. And there's a lot of different, like Stephen just said, even tied up, there's a lot of different shrines that have uh, neat oh. ways of going about getting them. Well, well yeah. one real quick thing that I just remembered. Yeah. A uh, couple, and it only happens a couple of times, but the motion controls in the shrines. Oh, hate them. puzzles. Yeah. Hate them, hate them, hate them. Oh. That's all I want to say. The only frustration I, I had with them was that I had to stop using my pro controller and use my game pad. But I never I never had a difficulty with them. Like, they, no, they, they worked suck. okay. They suck. No, they did I, I not hate having okay. to keep turning my controller like this, you, you know. Like, you couldn't you know, turn right it right. It's, it's, you're trying to hit something with a mallet, but it doesn't... It, that is not a mallet shape. It doesn't work. Oh, I hate you just those do, mallets. You just have to do this. It doesn't I like work. It. I got thumbs. <laughs> Give me, you just know, make sure you're holding the gamepad level. Doesn't Put the gamepad on the yeah. table. No, it doesn't Activate work. the thing. It doesn't work. And then pick it up, it and it's work. level. It's and then it's literally, it needs to be it's less, it's less it than three inches of tilt. It doesn't work. <laughs> Mark's gravity is different than everyone yeah. else's. People talking <laughs> and the gyro what, controls are the two what, worst things in this game. <laughs> what pissed me off about that is I found out after I spent about 30 different tries on that puzzle to finally get it, the one that was like a labyrinth, and you had to kind of like ramp it up to get the ball over there. So you could, and then I found out that you could just turn the damn thing upside down. And, yeah. and, and I was like, why didn't I know that before that i would have saved so much time it was very very frustrating but the one that got me even i thought it was going to be more frustrating than it was was where you had the three balls that had to get into yeah. the different slots all at the same time i i looked at that and i'm like i'm going to be doing this for even longer than the last one but it only took like three or four tries i got i think i got lucky but um yeah flipping it over would have been i kind of want to go back and do that again just to see just it. to see yeah. see it in action i've never done it either that, that does sound interesting was that done on purpose do you think or was that just like a a glitch that they didn't think of. I, I think there were, 
there's multiple ways to do so many things in this game. I have to believe yeah, it was on purpose. Yeah, I have to believe that they said because I feel like when Nintendo is developing this game, you know, they sat around in the room and somebody is going, "Okay, what's a person going to do? What are they going to do here?" And like, well, my kid would just flip it upside down. Like, well, then fucking make it so you can flip it upside down. Like, they, I, I, they have the game. The, the the mechanics 14 of it. years of development it better be close to perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah tell that to tell that to last guardian um oh my oh. God. <laughs> that's good that's a that's sad good. story okay um let's get in oh sorry anything else gameplay wise i think we're good i hope uh, so because we're getting close to it uh, i'm gonna talk about the characters oh my just <laughs> one thing real quick though all right is that uh I kind of dislike shrines in general because they kind of just felt like really? just like here's an elevator in this like medieval time and now you're in this obvious puzzle room that has no real purpose for anything. I kind of like the ones where it's like here's an actual here's the world here's a thing and then you do the thing and then it's like you go down the elevator and it's just you're done because you already did the thing in the real world. Oh, True. Those ones True. felt so good to show up yeah. and get it. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Like I would have liked it if they were all like that or if they could have just hidden the ones that are just in the elevator room. Like I get it. There's this whole like it's like kind of like a post-apocalyptic story somehow but you know, I just would have liked it if they were just more organic with a lot of their uh, shrines. I think With the lore more, of the shrines. Yeah, I just think the lore of the shrines was they were specifically designed and built to be challenges for the hero to make Trials, sure that they yeah. were worthy. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, like the Resident Evil doors with all these stupid card keys and all that stuff. It's like, how are you going to get to work at Umbrella Corporation? We got to get a freaking like chess key piece, and then you got to f- turn this pipe sideways and <laughs> push a statue every morning. I, I just gotta work on that. the. So funny. I just gotta work on the G virus here, and you gotta make me go through all this nonsense. <laughs> I never thought about that. that yeah. so Can you imagine you going to the, trying to get into the operating room, but you can't get in because you lost your sun shaped key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't hold all these. <laughs> you gotta go into the magic chest where they just teleport out. No yeah. video game logic. What can you do? That's good stuff. Um, yeah. the labyrinths. I like them in terms of shrines. The four labyrinths. But anyway. Let's move on to no. sound. Did anyone here oh, did anyone yeah. here find the really dark uh, island? Everyone always <laughs> yes. talks about even tight island, but what about yeah. the really dark island? No one ever it mentions that quick. one. It was quick and easy. <laughs> Is that the one in the northeast? Yeah, it's kind of it's like, kind of yeah. east. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's one. Right. Even t- even tides a good one, and that's like even the overworld stuff. Mark is trying so hard to move this along. We're only at an hour fifty-seven. We're good. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're good. I put an hour. I put a. I put 115 hours into the game before I beat Ganon. So, uh, two hours. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that today. <laughs> the Zelda um, hype cast is a two-parter for this very reason. Also, like, <laughs> it makes uh, sense. Eventide's yeah. another example of how you can just do things a hundred different ways. I stealthed it. I didn't fight a single thing on Eventide until the last what? section when you had to. Yeah, there's a Hinox. He's asleep. You go stand in his hand. He lifts you onto his chest. When yeah, he lifts you up there. Yeah, but well, you I didn't kill everything you, else. <laughs> you don't have to fight anything else down there until you get to the top, and you have to kill those guys just because they're standing there on the thing. Hmm. Yeah, cool. I didn't know that. You can run. You, you can just run. You just did serpentine, right? You can run like a brave hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what you can do on Eventide Island is you can, if you land on the island before it does that cutscene where they tell you what you're doing on Eventide Island. You can take off all your armor and weapons as long as it's uh, in the water well enough. Move forward. It does that cutscene, and then you can turn around and pick up all your stuff and go through Eventide Island with all of your armor You're and weapons. You're joking. 
No. Yeah. Is that a troll or is that real? No, that's is for real. It's real. So yeah, you can so get cool. there. You can either get on the raft and raft over, or you can gotcha. put on the Zora suit and swim over, or you can jump. You can glide over glide. from the mountaintop yep. and drop the I weapons did. on the. Uh, you can leave your weapons on the raft. Just go back and get them. You can glide over and drop them onto the ground before you land. Yeah, so cool. See if we had moved. If we had moved on to uh, sound, you wouldn't have known that. It doesn't matter. I will not be going back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sound. <laughs> uh, probably one of the most disappointing parts of the game. Not only because of the bad voice acting, but for the lack of music. Anybody agree with me? Yeah. I agree with you on the voice acting. I okay. had someone on yeah. my on my Facebook group saying how beautiful Zelda's voice was, oh. and I was like, are you no. kidding me? <laughs> Maybe they were playing the Japanese version. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the Japanese trailer that we saw, that, that, yeah. I thought that sounded really cool. It, it looked awesome. very anime. I, I was not a big fan of of the voice acting. Uh, I like I said I like Sidon, I, I like this character yeah. and I liked his voice, but uh, almost everybody else was was it just felt out of place. Like they were finally going a direction with visuals in this game that looked like they were moving Zelda in a way that was great, and they were finally doing voice acting and it just it, they need, they needed to, to fix that. I actually disagree with you though on the music. I found the music really cool because it was somewhat absent, which I know sounds sacrilegious to say about a Zelda game because that theme is so recognizable. And I like that it was just more subtle here because it made the was world that feel... in the game? The, the main theme, is it in the game? If you ride your horse for any... If you ride your horse, for, there's a certain time range that if you're on your uh -huh. horse, you can hear the main theme. But it just it comes I'm... in and then it fades away. It's very limited. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm 100 I'm 100 with Scott. The, I love the the absence of music in the world, and that because there are pockets of it. The, the stables have music. Cass has music out in the field. The, all the towns have music, and Hyrule Castle feels bigger and feels more epic because mm. it has music. You don't get that same effect if you've got music playing all the time. I disagree. Right. I disagree. I think uh, you can have ominous music in Hyrule Castle. And still have cheery music everywhere else, and you'll still feel ominous in Hyrule Castle. Well, I think I, I wanted an overworld theme. I just uh, I missed it, I guess. I think the lack of music actually made the world feel larger too, because mm -hmm. only part of the beauty sure. of this game, like we mentioned, was the exploration and just the vastness that was available to you to explore, and and that music being gone just made it made you feel more isolated and more. That's true. Made it feel feel more expansive. So. Um, but if to you me, that was part of the character. I agree. Think about uh, Super Metroid, a mm -hmm. game that also gives you that feeling, music the whole way through, beautiful music the whole way through. Mm -hmm. I feel like they could have done the same thing with this. but Super Metroid doesn't take place 100 years after you got everybody you love killed. Yeah, it, but it's still the same thing. Still feel isolated. It still feels you know, sad I, I and depressing. Think, I think by not having that, like... This is Hyrule at, at its darkest time, you know what I mean? And by not having that music in the world, like Scott said, makes that alone feeling of aloneness more yeah. and emphasizes it. But what it also does is the small pockets of humanity or Hylianity, um, that's going to get edited <laughs> out, uh, it makes yeah, them feel so. more like they're fighting <laughs> against that dark. Like, 
you're alone, you're out there, it's quiet, it's silent, and then you come into a stable and you hear that 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 music, which is gonna be playing right now over what I'm saying, and that just it warms <laughs> you to know that here's a small group of people who are saying, No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up, we're gonna yeah. hold on. You go to those towns, yeah. you recognize those towns because you know, here's where people are, are they are still alive, they're struggling. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I'm trying to to bring back to the world. And then you have to leave that and you have to go back into the silence that only exists because you were not good enough. All right. Look at the map. Look at the map of, of Hyrule. All right. <laughs> you have this uh, Hyrule Castle right in the center. If you had just, say, oh, the Odor Rim, which is where 90% of the game you're playing is in. If you have music out there and as you get closer to Hyrule Castle, it gets quieter and quieter and then silent and then it builds up to that Hyrule Ganon theme, that would have been epic. You didn't need to have it be silent everywhere. The further you are away from Hyrule Castle, the more music you should have had. But it's not silent. There is music. It's... That way you have the best of both worlds. It's the best of both worlds. There are hints of it. There are, you know, it's yeah? it's fleeting. Ah. It's coming and going like Link's memories. I don't know, man. I think I think the, I, the voice another acting, I was, I, was, I was neither here nor there. Resident around, Evil 2. Nailed it. Okay. Resident Evil 2, <laughs> yep. you go but, into a safe room, you get that safe music. But you still have music that's not in the safe room. You still feel safe in the safe room. It could have been the same also, way with your towns. One thing we're also not considering is that this game is immensely larger than any other Zelda game in terms of how many hours we put into it. And if you were walking around for 60, 70, 80, 90 hours hearing the same theme music over and yeah. over again, you're going to get really burnt out on that pretty quickly. That's I can't an argue. Excellent point. That is an <laughs> that is an excellent excellent. Point. 115 hours of yeah. Zelda Overworld theme. By the end of it, I'm never going to want to hear that again. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, you know, okay, look at the towers. Mark, you've tower... lost this argument, dude. Just give up now. <laughs> I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> I got your back, a... Mark. I'm just waiting Thank my you, turn. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Each tower has its own section on the map. It could have its own theme. You don't need to have one theme for 115 hours. You know what I mean? You have it. And that way, depending on where you are in the world, it has a different feel because it has a different sound. You know what I'm saying? It's better that way. It has a different feel because you have to change your clothes. Brian, <laughs> go ahead. Now, when I associate Zelda games, I, you know, I associate, you know, most the staple for me is Ocarina of Time. And one of the big things about Ocarina of Time is the importance of music how you know you use it to call your horse you use it to war places you know every every tower has their own song every, you know every every temple everywhere you go has its own beat so lasting memories for that game i can think oh all right that's the song of storms you know and you know stuff like that sticks with me and going back and playing every other Zelda game everywhere you go has the memorable shrine you know where they they have an orchestra that tours and plays Zelda music. Um, yeah, no, I'm going I, in November. No, nice. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I can under. Can't wait I for can you to hear the Breath of the Wild track. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and the one thing that's disappointing is because that that like big reveal trailer, I guess, of the Switch, they have like a fantastic score that plays in it. Uh, I was like, it gets me pumped. I watch that trailer a ton because I love that score, um, musical score that is, um, but. This game, I, and it's a director's choice, and I completely understand it because you do feel alone in this giant open world. Um, but if you're asking me to memorize or say what's what was your favorite song from this game, I can't tell you a track because I don't remember any. Uh, now there are there are musical tracks, uh, but I, I usually I can hum a song after playing the years, you know, down the road. 
I can't tell you a tune from the song. You know, I might hear it now if you play something. I'm like, oh yeah, now I kind of remember it, but nothing mm-hmm. stuck out for for music for me. You know, and that's that's one of my one of my complaints for the game. It's not a deal breaker because it got its point across here, of uh, you know making you feel alone in this game. True, but for me, it, it felt like it was missing. So I agree. So. I mean, this game, you're right, though. Each of the Divine Beasts has their own song. Each of the towns has their own song. Each of the uh, shrines has music. The only theme that's missing is an overworld theme. So every other, like, Ocarina of Time as, as the example, all of those places that have music, they all still have music in this, and they're all different. The only thing missing is the overall overworld theme, and it is in there is an overworld theme for Breath of the Wild. It's the song that Cass is playing that you when you, when you come across him... At the at the towers or sorry at the hidden shrines, that mm-hmm. song that Cass plays is the Breath of the Wild overworld theme. And the first time you encounter him at a shrine or at a, at a stable, the first thing he says is, "My you know my master taught me the, the or taught me told me about the song of the hero. I'm trying to find it again. I can only find bits and pieces. Of it. I'm trying to find it again and put it back together. He mm. is trying to recapture that song because it's gone because the world has lost the hero. The hero's gone. So you, that's why that song. Does he like have he side quests it. that? That will unlock that. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, well, as you, you as you as you do more of the hidden shrines with him, he plays more of the song. Like if if you do all of his side quests, it should unlock the overworld theme. There, now everybody wins. <laughs> I'm thinking it would be a great paid DLC. Oh, Steven. $7.99 Canadian. Don't give them any theme. ideas. <laughs> it's already in the works. What did you think about the soundtrack? Awesome. Steven's a tiebreaker. So we have two pro and two con in this soundtrack. <laughs> Steve is the deciding factor. No, I liked it. It was good. I What's think your favorite um, track. Uh, probably that town theme. It's like a play on Lon <laughs> Lon Ranch. Like it's an older. That's why it's yeah. Kind of a... <laughs> Speaking of Cass, I like how Cass can mix in the Lon Lon Ranch theme into that. That's music. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. When they're both there at the same time. But no, I think they're just trying to give off this impression of like you're out in the wilderness, existing, surviving, and like there's no music out in the wildness and the, you're surviving. Like you need to hear things, you need to see things, you need to have all your senses clear. So you can yeah. sniff yeah. out those mushrooms and like hear those enemies coming by and the bats, the electric bats are about to zap you in the butt, and then you drop your weapon uh, and then it just fell off a cliff. You're like, damn it! Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> Do I go down? I don't know. I don't know. It's just yeah, that's when you load your save. <laughs> you auto save. That happened to me the other day. Actually. That like made me drop a sword and a shield, and then I lost this. I lost this shield, the sword. I I think they both found water, and then I was trying to have to climb up a big cliff again. Like no, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the power of time now. The true <laughs> power. Used, uh... of auto. You use magnesis to pull them out of the water, and then you're oh, Rito you know, trying sank. to fly up. It was deep. I couldn't. Oh, like couldn't deep, re- deep water. Yeah. Mm. yeah, scary, scary water. It was sad. Get away from that. Um, I want to hear yeah. more about Mark's fear of dragons. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was a big underwater thing. That'd be. The oh, best. that's the worst. Yeah. Hearing yeah. it, I heard. I heard a podcast. What was it? Somebody was talking about The Witcher Three. There's this giant whale or something. Anyway, really? terrifying. Terrifying thoughts. Um, Half-Life yeah. 1 did that really well. With those... Bang, 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 bang. Like yeah, I did, not, I did not enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> there was a shark in Resident Evil 1 I did not enjoy either. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Sound effects. Do we want to talk about the sound effects at all? Or... Yeah. Ah, 
Yeah. <laughs> really, the voice acting and the music are the only two things. Um, and they're yeah, both like, my uh, most disappointing parts. So that's let's just move on. I'm, I'm just gonna say real quick about the voice acting. It didn't bother me. It's just eh. oh, that's, that's the thing. It was it wasn't yeah. a deal breaker. It was I didn't hate oh, no. it. It's just it's just it wasn't the best voice yeah. acting in games. That's all. They, uh, it was Zelda. That was the problem. They, yeah, they just released a patch where you can listen to the Japanese voices now with with mm -hmm. uh, subtitles. I, I wish, I so wish I had that. I feel like I would have had a different experience. Um, I don't think it matters yeah. what voice they chose for the English Zelda. You would have preferred the Japanese voice. Bingo. Um, I, you're definitely a subs versus dubs guy. Oh, 100%. I agree 100%. Yeah, well... Her English voice actor is a reason why we all preferred the subs over the dubs. Yes. That's all right. Um, cool. That's the sound. Uh, let us know what you guys think. This is a, a polarizing uh, topic. I'd like to hear what the listeners think now. I wonder yeah, if this is are you on the side that is right. Were to let you know, where should they let you know? Um, I don't know. Do we have a spot where? Of course, cartridgeclub.org. Head over to the forums. <laughs> oh. Um, we will probably but have a. Uh, <laughs> Post for P two. I'm a busy working man, and I'm at work right now listening to this podcast. Is there an app or something where I could access these forums? <laughs> well, when does this come out? Yes, there is on both Android and iOS. That's um, incredible. So is it free? Yeah, one hundred percent, dude. I'm downloading it right now. In the future. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love. It. I love future Stephen with his yeah, apps. Good people. Past nice Stephen is better though because he does all the editing. <laughs> we'll keep him around too then. All right, um, graphics. Uh, it's very, you know, stylized. I like it. I like that it's not realistic looking. It looks good. I also want to talk about the armor that you chose and if you chose for it uh, aesthetically. I wore the Sheikah armor the entire game unless I was climbing or had to change for climate reasons and I was dyed yellow. So I looked like a Power Ranger. It was awesome. Uh, how about uh, you guys? P1, you're usually big on this kind of thing. First of all, what did you think about the art style and what did you dress as? Gorgeous. Loved it. Um, mm -hmm. Huge, huge fan of the art style. Uh, it's a big win. Anuma and I are good friends, really good friends. We go way back. Uh, I told them personally how good the art <laughs> style was. Um, <laughs> it was great. I, I love, I will always take a stylized graphical art style over realism every day of the week. Beautiful Joe is one of my favorite games because of that reason. Um I just I love it. I prefer that. And it 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 really highlights um that this is a fantasy game and it's not a real you know, I'm not playing the life of somebody. What did I use for armor? Oh boy. Um yeah, so I am a uh, a visual whore. I need my character. There was a point playing World of Warcraft that I would wear armor that was not as good as the higher tier stuff because it looked better. Uh, I had to stop playing a, a female human because her calves looked uh, ridiculous in all of the armor that were you could wear as a rogue. Oh my God. Um, no joke. Like because the the boots I were all designed you. that there would be like weird triangle feet, and I couldn't handle it. So with Zelda, um, I. The, for the majority of the time, I wore the Hylian tunic that you were provided at the beginning, the Hylian pants that match it, and the Hylian hood. And I, I left the pants and the hood, the, the, the color that came, but I dyed the tunic from its uh, red-blue mixture to green, which turned the 
the tunic parts all green, and then you had like the the brown shoulder piece and the brown belt around your waist. And I thought that looked really slick. It sort of looked like a uh, an advanced take on uh, the Twilight Princess Link. Um, hmm. Interesting. Now that was my my armor of choice Sounds for cool. all shrines. Uh, however, uh, I wore I switched to my champion's tunic towards the end of the game when I had the master sword and the um, uh, Hylian shield. I switched to the to the champion's tunic and I took the headpiece off so that I actually resembled Link in the um, in the cutscenes um, mm-hmm. because I, I just thought that that was cooler. There was another guy at work that went even as far as taking the shield off. He went. <laughs> uh, that's why I wore the just straight sword and, and champion, but most of my uh, most of my time I was wearing the uh, the gym outfit, um, the uh, the climbers <laughs> the tunic, climbing stuff, uh, yeah, yeah, biker link or gym rat link with the, <laughs> the bandana because I spent a lot of time traveling and climbing. Um, Do you even lift link? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that's good, but all of the armor sets looked cool. like the snow quill armor set for the for the winter was yeah. awesome. Uh, that looked really cool. The Zora armor was great. I liked the Batman armor for uh, rubber resistance or the lightning resistance, the rubber armor suit, mm. the the mm-hmm. gimp suit for Link. Really, the only one I didn't like was the Flame Breaker armor because it looked the every other mm. set that he had, like the the Vo armor set for uh, the Gerudo area, looked really good. Um, mm. And I actually wore that for quite a while afterwards. Um, and uh, he did the the Vo, not the Ve. The Vey armor oh, set, okay, I only right, wore gotcha. to get into the town. But in <laughs> gotcha. town, there's a, a black market shop where you can buy male Gerudo clothing. And that looks really I cool. I didn't see that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, just the only one I didn't like was the Flame Breaker, really. But I spent most of my time in that Hylian tunic because I felt like it looked uh, like a, a, a modern take on what he traditionally wore once I died at green. Yeah, right on. I agree. That sounds cool. Um, how about Scott? Well, in terms of the graphics, it, it's funny you mentioned like it, it's not very, you know, it didn't go for the realistic look because back in the day before Twilight Princess came out and we saw those first screenshots of Twilight Princess, I was super stoked because I finally felt like Zelda was going to be looking more realistic. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted a realistic Zelda. And I realized once I played through Breath of the Wild that I don't want a realistic looking Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyrule is a is a mythical place. It is it is like a fable. It's It's... Um, not quite medieval, you know, but it's just, it's just a magical place and I don't need it to look realistic anymore. So I was perfectly fine with the art style that they took. I feel like it was realistic enough in terms of the clothes. <laughs> I think you guys are crazy worrying about what, what they look like. Cause I'm, I'm a dude and I go for functionality. So, uh, <laughs> I, I go for the, whatever one is giving me the best defense and which one is protecting me from lightning or protecting me from fire or protecting me from snow. I didn't. Yeah. I don't give two rats asses what I, what I looked like as long as I was protected and able to play the game. So, but I was I'm, a Power Ranger. <laughs> functionality over aesthetics. That's that. That's me. And and when it comes yeah, to enough. armor and games. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, how about you, Steven? Yeah, no game looks good. Uh, lots of wood. Very very woodlandish. Yeah, very that's woody. Good. Yeah, that's goody. <laughs> goody woody. <laughs> um, actually. Like, I don't know if any of you have ever been to uh, the West Coast, but man, this game sure looks like the West Coast. I think, uh, I think they, I think they were hanging out over here, like, man, this place looks great. We're gonna make our next game look like this, especially with all the rain. We deal with rain quite a lot, and I was like, man, this feels a lot like where I live. Um, like the the walk up to the Zora water fountain home they have, like that totally feels like 
Like I've been there. Like we have <laughs> parks, <laughs> mountainy parks. I'm like, man, that is hitting all the right notes. They know they've been there. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, close. Cool, uh, like Scott said, uh, just whatever, whatever suits the moment. Uh, I think I use the snow quill one the most just because generally speaking, I'm not really doesn't matter what you're wearing, but I find Link gets cold an awful lot. And right yes. now in my game, uh, I'm just exploring going wherever and you're much more likely to be cold than too hot because I'm rarely ever in the volcano or the desert areas, even the desert area when it's nighttime, even that becomes too cold. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You're right. It is cold yeah. everywhere, except for Death Mountain. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I would like to use the Barbarian one more often, but it doesn't. I don't know. The midriff kind of kind of weird. I know. Same here. I wanted those yeah. stats, but wasn't worth mm-hmm. it. Ryan, let's let's hear your uh, your thought on the graphics. Uh, I think it looks good. Uh, I imagine it's going to hold up with the like the style of art over time with the. I don't want to say it's cell shaded, even though it's a little bit. It's to me, and it may come across more in that you know strategy guy, but it's kind of almost like chalk drawn or something like that. How it's drawn, I want to say. Mm. Um, hmm, with the bright colors, I, I don't know. I I think with the colors, it'll last uh, a while. Um, yeah, watercolory sort of. Yeah, kind of watercolory, but I I don't know. More chalk. I get the more like street chalk design kind of feel for it, but uh, um. It seems like they want more with the bluish color for the whole game. Uh, I mean, Link's tunic's blue. Uh, <laughs> those Guardians, they're mostly blue. Uh, they get a lot of neon colors, too, a little bit. You know, like the neon Happy red trees. or pink, you know. Um, for armor, I basically just kept the the blue, was it the hero one that you get? Um, Champion's tunic was the blue one. Yeah. Majority of the time, I want to say probably about 80% of the game I played wearing that unless i had to go to a harsh environment where i had to wear uh you know fur or you know whatever the hot armor is but most of the time it was just the champions until i unlocked the proper tunic of the game um mm-hmm. that but, that tunic of the wild that you get for completing all 120 shrines that set mm-hmm. is a nice looking set it might be my favorite tunic set like to date of him because uh, mm-hmm. the the pants aren't really they're not full-length pants they're kind of like uh, shorts almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it looks really good. So if I would if I were to play this game a, a second time through, I probably would do all 120 shrines before I would do anything, just so I would have that for the majority of the game. Wow, uh, <laughs> just because that's my that's preferred awesome. my preferred outfit. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, but for I would say for I want to comment really quick about the enemy boss design because I hated every single. Uh, sub Ganon in each one of the the, the guardians. I thought it was I, th- I felt like that was kind of lazy because uh, they all were the same. It looked to me they they were the same. They might have had different attacks, but they all looked the same. Uh, I also did not like Ganon's design in this game. That's one of my biggest gripes of this game. I thought uh, I was the only one, man. I thought it was just okay. He just he just it's I I don't like it at all personally. Uh, not even okay. I think. The, the feel Ganon-ish. Yeah. yeah, you know, they, they give him like the spider legs and everything, and he was kind of morphed with the Guardians, but he didn't feel he didn't feel like Ganon to me. Um, yeah. I, of, of, well, I guess this can relate to the characters. We've been joking about it, but I, I needed Ganon to have some kind of dialogue or monologue for this game. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's just spider Ganon, and I hate calling yeah, him Calamity Ganon. That is a Ganon great too. point that they didn't let him talk. I feel like if he had a talked, it would have had more impact. 
I, I didn't care if anybody else talked, but you're right. I would have liked to hear him say something really badass. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like every every game has that basically where, you know, it's kind of this thing where, you know, just he's like, oh, we're at it again, basically, you know, like yeah. this little thing. Um, I can understand, but because he was in beast form the whole game. So maybe that's why he's not going to talk. Um, but that's one of my biggest gripes with the I don't like. I would I would have preferred a more unique design for each one of the Guardian Temple bosses because I loved fighting the sub bosses to get inside them, but I didn't like the Ganon the whatever Ganon spirit Phantom Ganon spirit inside them, um, and I didn't like Ganon. I didn't like how his design. Yeah, I kind of in the same boat. I'm with you. Hmm. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, are we good? Is that yeah, it? I think we're good. Holy cow, we did it! That's Zelda, folks. Let's get into our lasting impressions. So this is pretty much just your overall thoughts. Would you recommend this to... Uh, is there anybody you wouldn't recommend this to? We're going to change that up a little bit. Um, yeah, and if something were to be changed, what would you change about it? I, I would also like to throw in... What do you think the future of Zelda is going to be? Although I'm really short on time. <laughs> but I'm going to throw it in there anyway. Um, we'll start with you, Ryan. All right, I'll try to keep this short. Um, I love this game. I love this game. I love this game a lot. It's uh, one of my favorite Zelda games in the series. Um, I do have my complaints for it. And I, when I say my complaints for it, I don't mean they're they're awful or the game breaking. I just mean that I want to see because I thought the same game was great and it could be even better if these little areas are addressed. So like my complaint about Ganon, I would like to see a more Ganon dwarf design maybe in the future if you're going to bring back Ganon. Uh, I want the music to come back because that's a trope for me. Um, I want, I would love, they, I, I like the shrine aspect, but I thought 120 was too much. I think cutting it down to 60 and giving me two more temples would have been fantastic because I love temples. That's a big thing for Zelda for me. Um, I love being here, the idea of going anywhere I want and playing the temples in any order I want. Um, so I would love for a lot of this, a lot of the key features that were added to this game to come back. I just want uh, more memorable music, all the time music, no quiet time music. I want, <laughs> I want a regular Ganon back. Um, and I think with that, I'd be really happy. I mean, give me that and you got yourself a perfect Zelda game. So love it. I like the sounds of that, and that's well, also what I hope for. <laughs> so, sorry, real quick, lasting impressions. Yeah, I would recommend it to people, but, like, for people who are familiar with the 3D Zelda aspect, because I've seen people who are the most complain about this game, mm-hmm. um, it's not familiar. You're going to have to... One of the tropes that I remember, even maybe during Twilight Princess or one of the other last 3D Zeldas that come out, people complain about it, is they say, oh, it's fallen in the same traps, fallen in the same Zelda traps. So they change it up completely. And what's called critics absolutely love it. So, like people and the people who don't seem to care for it as much seem to be the people who say, "Hey, I really like the 3D Zelda aspect of the game." So I would say, if you know someone who's a big fan of the 3D Zelda aspect of the mm-hmm. game, just kind of say, "Hey, this kind of changes the whole format of the game." So, but. yeah, that's a good point. Turns it on its head. I like it for the best. How about you, Stephen? Game super good, best game ever. Yeah. Like, damn, I can't, I can't <laughs> even think of other games. Like, I, I'm looking at, like, Wii U games, PS3 games, whatever. It's like, eh, I just want to play more Breath of the Wild. Mm. Like, all this crap we fill our apartments with, and we finally found the game we need <laughs> right here. And yeah, there's, there's plenty of things wrong with it. Like, 
the one thing I could bring up real quick would be like just locking onto enemies is something really tricky. Mm. Like the Lionels, like I've had issues with Lionels in the past where I'm just he's right there. I'm trying to lock on, he's not locking on, and then your mm. shield. So sometimes you need to be locked on to get the shield going, and yeah, I don't know issues, but damn, such a good game. Yeah, super good, good call. Game. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Um, okay, Scotty. I would definitely recommend this game if you're even a slightly fan, uh, even a slight fan of Zelda. Um, I would not recommend this game to people that uh, don't like lengthy games because this is not a game that you're going to be able to sit through and just power through in, in even 10 or 12 hours. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that just that just want that sh- that uh, quick bite-sized experience, which saying 12 hours is a bite-sized experience is, is pretty funny, but... Um, <laughs> you can play it any way you want to but it's going to you're no matter how you play it you're going to have to put some time in it unless you were just an expert speedrunner which doesn't seem like a fun way to play it that's just like a challenging yeah. way to play it um if you've never played a Zelda game I still would recommend giving this a sh- this a shot because it's such it's such a unique experience that gives you the Zelda formula while also offering a a, a good challenge and just that exploration aspect is just so so much fun to to know that there's no wrong way to play it, yeah, and I feel like there's so many point. That's a good point. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of games out there that you can just play wrong, and there's no way to play Zelda wrong. You're not going to get yourself backed into a corner where you can't get, uh, you you can't start fresh and get get out of it. You, you're always pushing forward, uh, and and it's just breathtaking to to look at how how far in the distance you can see. So I highly recommend it. As okay. far as what I'd like from another Zelda game, I'm going to go a different route. Okay. I want them to make a downloadable game like either on wii u or on uh switch or even on 3ds i want like a like a another link to the past like an over the top you know just i know they kind of did that with link between worlds i don't even need the updated graphics or the 3d or anything like that go back to the assets of link to the past and make another link to the past with over overhead puzzle design Cool. where it's got those good sprites, maybe sp- spriced up a little bit, but the exact same format. I want them to kind of do a, kind of like what they did with um, with Ocarina of Time, where they had a Master Quest. Remember mm-hmm. that? Where they oh, got yes. that disc yep. on GameCube? Mixed Make a version of that for, for Link to the Past, um, but but even redesign some of the puzzles and just start from scratch. That's what I would like to see. And Hell if yeah. they're going to go forward with, with something along the lines of Breath of the Wild, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know how you capitalize on Breath of the Wild. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with all that. That sounds great. <laughs> I would love any sprite-based game again. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, P1. I loved Hold it. Hold up, man. It, uh, it challenges Final Fantasy IV for being my favorite game of all time. Wow. It, so games, when I when I started playing games as a kid, I felt emotions. You know what I mean? And it's because you're going through, it's the same reason you have nostalgia. You're growing up, you're going through adolescence, you're going through puberty, you're experiencing things in life at that point, you're playing games at the same time, you tie them to those experiences. We get older, and I mean, that's the reason that most people, when you say, hey, what's your favorite console? Most of them will pick one from their childhood. As you get older, you have those feelings less. This game made me feel those things, and I'm 36 years old. Like, it made me feel like I was 12. Um, It's my my wife's first ever Zelda game, and she can't put it down. I'm not allowed to use the TV anymore unless there are other people online to play Overwatch with. Otherwise, <laughs> it's honeypot time, which used to mean something else in our house, and now it means oh boy. I'm playing Zelda. <laughs> oh, my. Um, I absolutely... This game blew me away. I would recommend anybody at least tries it. 
I don't think... I think there is something there for everyone. Whether you want to go through and check everything off like an itemized list like Ryan did, whether you want to just ride around wherever the wind takes you like Steven does, or a mixture of both of those in, in between, it offers something for everyone. And like Scott said, there is no wrong way to play it. With a guide, without a guide, uh, riding horses, teleporting to towers, or gliding, it, it offers something for everyone. And I, I honestly, I would, I wish and I hope that in 10 years from now everybody says are we ever going to get another Zelda I don't I think I think it should end it's it's this if you're going to ever stop a franchise this is the this is the way to do it it's yeah, a perfect cap it's a perfect <laughs> swan song to say you know because it it's such it feels so much like that first game it's like the actual final realization of Miyamoto's dream for that first game is happening now the technology finally caught up to it and I feel like this would be the moment that it, it has come completely full circle that they could say, you know, because they Anuma has said every Zelda game from this point forward will be open air. Well, what if he said that because this is the last Zelda game? Oh snap! <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen. Imagine. They fucking they love money. That's Never not going to happen. But but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. not they're making Majora. They're making Breath of the Majora right now. <laughs> yeah, Jorah's breath. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well said. Cool. Um, yeah. What else can you say? Really? I guess we could try and sum it up in three words. Uh, you guys yeah. want to try to do a three-word review? I'm down for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, three-word review is something we do uh, normally. We tweet out, get the community to join along. We didn't do that this time because this isn't a game of the month. <laughs> so we'll just get the panel. We're going to start with. Uh, Steven, because I know what he's going to say already. So, Steven, what's your three-word review of <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Wild? Best game ever. <laughs> Solid. Nice. And Mr. Rocket Sauce. Third best Zelda? Ooh. Oh, third. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Good one, good one. Uh, Steve, uh, Scott, what's your three-word review of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? Boy, that that's really hard to sum up. <laughs> review of a hundred hour game in three <laughs> words, but uh, <laughs> exploration, discovery, perfection. Solid. Nice. I like that. Yeah, that covers it up nice. Uh, P2. I can what throw mine you? away. <laughs> <laughs> mine yeah, we... is uh, uh, just stop talking. <laughs> sort of the theme for the wrapping up the podcast and for uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, That's funny. <laughs> um, mine is going to be soul crushing sadness. Oh my! Because that's what I felt as I was playing the game, and it's what I felt when the game ended, and there was no more no more Zelda to play. That's dark. That's some dark shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already we got the good one from Scott, so we're good. We can... That's true. We're covered. <laughs> Uh, that's the show, folks. I, uh, this is extremely long. Uh, anybody who's a regular listener knows we try and cap somewhere around an hour, 45, two hours. You may actually be listening to this in two parts. I'm not certain yet. Uh, it'll depend what it all edits out as. But I want to thank you, listeners, for coming along and joining us on this journey with Zelda. But uh, the journey doesn't stop there. Head over to www.cartridgeclub.org. Let us know on the forums what you thought of Zelda. Cover the same topics we covered. Tell us your likes, your dislikes, and what you hope for the franchise coming forward. As well, I, I highly suggest you check out our three panelists. They are fantastic guys. I, we are so thankful that all of them were able to come here. Uh, you can find Scott uh, on Twitter, at Scotty Lindsay. Uh, S-C-O-T-T-I-E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. You can find Steven 
Steven on Twitter, at Steven Eider, S-T-E-V-E-N-E-I-D-H-E-R. And you can find Ryan at, on Twitter at, at It's Rocket Sauce, I-T-S-R-O-C-K-E-T-S-A-U-C-E. As well, I'm going to get each of the guys to plug their podcasts because I don't have those in front of me. Scott, where can they find The Gaming Outsider? Oh, The Gaming Outsider is a podcast that you can be, find on iTunes, Stitcher, or your whatever podcast app you use. Uh, we've also got a website called thegamingoutsider.com. We've got, uh, we post reviews and editorials there. Our Twitter handle is thegocast, so uh, check us out. We've got a lot of things going on, including lots of E3 coverage coming up this uh, oh, yeah. this next month. So very excited about that. So jealous. <laughs> uh, it's a great show. It is one of the most welcoming open uh, communities on the internet. And if you are a fan of games or just a fan of people, you should check it out. Yeah. Stephen, where Thanks, can we man. find the... Yeah, thank you. Thank, where can we find the Cap, Mac hype, Cap Max hype cast? Yeah. yeah. Everyone, thanks for having me on today. It was a fun, uh, fun time discussing one of the best games ever. Maybe the best game ever. Um, best places to find me, like I said, Twitter, at Steven Eider, or uh, look for Cat Max Gaming on YouTube. Or if you want to hear my own podcast, the Cat Max Hypecast, for the moment, that's over on Podomatic. Excellent. And Ryan himself doesn't have a podcast, but he is the executive producer of a little podcast called Flock Talk that you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. <laughs> if you just search up Flock Talk, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan produces that um, with uh, the Flock of Nerds crew. Correct. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's everything, folks. Thanks so much for being here. Mm-hmm. I am Player One. I am Player Two. CC Unite. Unite.